0: You
1: ready? Ready! Ready! One, two, three, four!
2: For the duration of the show, Uh, we have a lot on tap tonight. But first, a bit of a reminder to anybody who hasn't subscribed yet to the Missy A.E. podcast. You can do so first by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy A.E. Or you can subscribe at either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or iHeartRadio. Just search for Missy A.E. And you'll get access to all of our previous shows that we've done as well as shows that may be coming up, including we, we did, we did just interview uh, Paul and Connie Wachter from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X uh, this past Mm. Thursday, uh, this past, uh, yeah, I think it was Thursday night. So uh, some uh, that that is definitely one you're going to want to uh, you're going to want to listen to if you're a Survivor fan. Uh, but let's get started, Lou. Uh, there, is, <laughs> there was there was one huge. We, we thought that MBA free agency was just going to be like any other. Like it's wrong. Like, okay, we'll see. We'll see certain. Uh, we'll see certain players sign relatively quickly. Uh, but uh, apparently there was there was somebody who decided that they didn't want the spotlight on free agency, and instead they wanted the spotlight right. on themselves. So we will talk with, about this first before we get into free agency. Kevin yes. Durant. Kevin Durant requested a trade out of Brooklyn. And Sean. from my understanding – from my understanding, the reason behind it is because number one, Brooklyn failed to uh, to do a sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, right? Which, which basically, I guess, it pissed off Durant to the point where, uh you know, he doesn't believe that Nets ownership and management can get can get can get you know. Uh, them back into uh, playoff contention, that they can't make the right moves necessary in order to get them into playoff
3: uh, Well, you know, back
2: as the, a... I mean, uh,
3: they couldn't make the right moves. There's, you know, they were an injury team. COVID just, I mean, just wrecked them. After that, they were never the same. I mean, They were projected to be to the, to the final this year, which I thought was a little bit far-fetched. But, you know, overhyped and you know, their, their defense uh, was lacking like everything. So, it's not that surprising, huh? you know. The big three turned to be a big disaster. They were lucky enough to get into a playing game.
2: Yeah, you know, I will say this in regards to the Nets. I think they would have had a much better opportunity had Joe Harris been healthy, because he was Absolutely. one key. He was one key missing ingredient that they were that, that they've been that they were missing this year uh, when it came to perimeter shooting. And that's definitely something he excels at. Uh, Now, would I say it's all on the big three? I wouldn't exactly say that. The big three, you know, they were they they seemed to be gelling the times that they were even able to be on the court at the same time. Uh, Mm. Obviously, James Harden, you know, asking to be traded that didn't really help matters. No. what also didn't help matters was the fact that Ben Simmons, uh, you know, never saw the court and part yeah. of it was mental issues. Part of it was mental issues. Part of it was truly because of a back issue that apparently had been lingering uh, even during right. his time in Philadelphia. But I think this is a bit of a shocker here, considering the fact that Durant and Irving had been very outspoken about being committed to the Brooklyn Nets and wanting to bring a championship to Brooklyn. And now all of a sudden we had it, we had all the, all the Irving, uh, drama that, you know, whether, whether or not he would, whether or not he would opt into his, uh, final year. And everybody thought, you know, once Irving did in, okay. You know, it's business as usual for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, uh, yeah. Any rumors, any rumors about Kyrie being traded, uh, were basically bullshit, and that's another thing we'll get into as well. Because Kyrie is potentially on the verge of being traded at some point during this weekend. I would not be surprised if come uh, if come Tuesday he's already on a different team. Um, but Durant, I mean, this is thirty-four. He's going to be thirty-four years old. At the start of next yes. year, uh, at the start of next season, uh, he has four years remaining on his deal. So, and consi- considering how some of the trades went down uh, heading into free agency, this has significant, significantly increased Brooklyn's asking price for Durant. As yeah. uh, according according to uh, one of the writers, I think it was Chris Haynes who said it. I might be wrong. It could be Chris Haynes or uh it's one of the prominent basketball writers uh but what he what they said was that the current asking price is two all-stars potentially a young player and a mountain of draft picks and we're talking first round picks yeah. now i would understand if uh, you, you know i would understand if it was for somebody a bit younger or maybe maybe the maybe that price is is right considering the fact that durant i mean you take a look yeah. at his numbers he's basically lebron james you know 29.9 points per game last year 7.4 rebounds 6.4 assists i mean he he's basically still up still uh in his prime and actually yeah. let me take a look uh He shot 51.8% from the field last year during the regular season. So, uh, I guess, what what do you think about that price, Lou? Uh, At least two all-stars, potentially a young player, and multiple draft picks. And keep in mind, Rudy Gobert got four first-round picks for the Jazz. Yeah, he's been...
3: And he's being treated being traded from the Jazz. Jazz are in trouble now. That was that was well, I shouldn't say that, but he was a key part that they expect. So, uh, you know, Jazz are gonna have to work it up for next season. That's a pretty heavy PS me with all the uh draft picks and whatnot. <laughs> you know, this has been but, what I call season frenzy and has, you know, really turned into a frenzy this year.
2: But you would have to you would have to think, Lou, that with that with that being the price, the the haul that uh, that Utah got for Rudy Gobert, which honestly I feel that it was an overpay uh, that yeah. Minnesota paid, wouldn't you think that this would mean that basically uh, the price for Kevin Durant is going to go up? It's
3: going to go up. It has to.
2: Now, it's I don't gonna, know he how many
3: drafts. Yeah, go be ahead. To go. He doesn't keep me happy. Have you ever wondered that? He does not seem to be happy wherever he goes. And so now he's going you know he was gonna try with the Nets. go, oh we win a championship he does not well truly they're going somewhere else. So now he's in Philadelphia and now he wants to leave back. Him with the red, whack.
2: Well you kinda of, you kinda of have to wonder, let's do a hypothetical here. Uh, the Boston Celtics, they're rumored to be one of the they're rumored to be one of the teams interested in uh, yeah. Kevin Durant so the 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 nets asking price from the sounds of it it looks like two all-stars and if they can't get a second all-star then they would want a young player like right. uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to think of a young player to use for uh okay no i'll use toronto as an example so let's say is toronto let's say toronto trades fred van Bleet and og ananobi Okay. in uh, as the two as the two all star caliber players. But let's say they're hung up on one of those all stars. So okay, if if you're not gonna give us Fred Van Vliet or OG Ananobi, then we want Scotty Barnes. We want uh you know uh who uh, a, a budding young superstar in Scotty right. Barnes. Plus uh Rudy Gobert got four first round picks so we're going to look for five first round picks. I don't know I don't yeah. know how many I don't know how many uh first round picks can be dealt in a uh, in a single trade. But mm-hmm. uh, you know it just it, it really seems like basically whoever is going to trade for Durant is going to basically mortgage their future essentially. Yeah. Which, honestly, really I
3: mean... It's not smart, though. It's your whole future for one guy, for, you know, a few two players. So I don't think it would be worth doing that.
2: Yeah, but what if Durant is the one guy that puts you over the hump and yeah. brings you an NBA title?
3: Yeah, but we've heard this before, you know, with uh, certain teams also with the Nets, so though. I don't know if he's actually your man to do it. I mean, we've heard it all before. Durant hasn't, you know... Has even been, you know, not what he used to be. You know, he's getting, he, he's getting up there now, and I don't think it's going to be just him Malone that can bring them a title. Uh,
2: and I mean, here's a, uh, another another example uh, with the Seventy Sixers. The Seventy Sixers are supposedly going to be involved as well, and a deal from them would consist of probably you would probably have to include Tyrese Maxey in the deal you would probably have to include uh, Tobias Harris probably Matisse Tibble
1: yeah
2: uh, plus plus you would have to include multiple first round picks now I could potentially see Philadelphia doing that type of deal because yeah you're giving up a you're giving up a, uh, a guy who many believe will be a a future phase of the league potentially in in Maxie. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also getting a guy like Durant, if you pair him up with Joel Embiid uh, and James Harden and See, that's another
0: one. you
2: know, some of the other some of the other uh, some of the other talent that they have on that roster, you know, that could potentially put Philadelphia over the top, because I mean, imagine that. Imagine having to face off against against Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the same team.
3: Okay, enough water right here now.
2: That's gonna be I mean to measure
3: up those guys.
2: It's crazy. Now, suppose, supposedly oh, they're going to uh, they're going to supposedly hold uh, some sort of auction. I guess you could call it. You could you could refer to it that way as an auction of some sort, where uh, apparently there's going to be at least twenty teams interested in trading for in trading for Durant, and the Nets yeah, are going I to try it. to get basically. So
0: I didn't hear I
3: didn't hear um the, uh, anything in the topics in the reports. I didn't hear. It's of course that doesn't mean that they're not but I didn't get what? them on the report that he was on the list that they are on the list of teams that interested in him.
2: The Celtics are uh, the ones. That, the ones that I heard were landing spots were Portland, uh, Miami, Phoenix, one. Boston, yeah. and I forget who the fifth one was. Um, I only
0: heard.
3: But then again and was Dallas. Way ahead of... Oh yeah. Yeah. When I wrote the report yesterday, I only heard that the Suns and, and, and the Heat were interested. I mean nothing came up about um you know, about Dallas or Boston or anything else. So, you know, maybe it was just you know, I might have just done it too quickly. But that's what I heard from what I from I yesterday. This must just came up, you know
2: later. Right. As everything as everything was uh was going on like it was. As information was flying out there uh, Yeah, it's Here's the the problem though I take a look at the Heat and I take a look At the Suns, which are His two most preferred destinations The only problem Here is They, it's been reported That Brooklyn will only do A deal with Phoenix If they include uh, Devin Booker which number one, they're not going to include Devin Booker because you're not going to you're not going to trade Booker just to replace him with Durant. You want to pair up oh, okay. Booker with Durant. <laughs> number two, uh, I believe Booker is still under. I, I might be wrong, but I believe he is still under the rookie max deal, which is basically is. if you. If you if you come off of your rookie contract and you sign a max deal, it counts as a rookie max.
0: Right
2: now, the problem with this is, as an NBA rule, you cannot have more than one rookie max contract on your team. Correct. Which would mean that Ben Simmons would have to be involved in any such a deal. Now oh, God. that would be fine. Really? But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big problem. I mean, it would be it would be fine, but the problem is, the the asking price would go up. So, a team that's, that's already giving up, a team you know, a team a team that's already giving up a huge amount just to get Durant,
0: well, was, they would have to give
2: up you know, even
3: in terms, of, in terms of dollar wise. What was, the, what was the amount, or no one
2: knows that. Uh – I don't know what the dollar amount is. I know Durant – I think okay. Durant is making – hang on. Let me look real quick. Yeah. Um, when I say price, I mean price in terms of, like, who they would have to unload. Um, okay, yeah. Durant is set to make 42 or – he'll be a cap hit of $44 million, basically. right. Yeah, and, and Ben Simmons, uh, I want to say he's around thirty. I could be wrong. Ben Simmons,
0: Simmons yeah, ben Simmons is, is
2: ben Simmons is 35. Uh, ben Simmons is a his cap hit is thirty five, almost thirty five and a half million.
0: Hmm.
2: So that's that. That's not worth it. You know, it. obviously obviously you would have to match salaries but beyond that not only would you have to match salaries but you would also uh, think of what Brooklyn had to give up in order to get Ben Simmons
0: mm-hmm.
2: as part of that package with with James Harden so they're going to probably yeah. be asking they're probably going to be asking for a shit ton more if they were to include okay. both Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant in the same deal Take Durant, leave Simmons behind. Ugh. The the other option would be to somehow maybe make maybe turn it into a three team deal, and they ship off Ben Simmons elsewhere, uh, while Kevin while Kevin Durant somehow goes to either Phoenix or Miami, and so on and so forth.
3: Yeah, take a three team deal.
2: Now in Miami's case, it's the same thing with uh with uh Bam Adebayo. I believe Bam Adebayo is still on his on his rookie max deal. Yes. So yes. So if they were to acquire Bam Adebayo, which is uh what which is what uh Brooklyn would want they would have to also include Ben Simmons in any potential Miami deal. Because of that rookie, uh that rookie Max uh thing. The rookie max rule. So it's gonna be a very complicated process that Brooklyn's gonna be going through here because that may potentially take Phoenix or Miami out of the running i mean Miami they could easily offer you know Tyler harrow they could offer they have a ton of uh of assets to throw at uh to throw at Brooklyn, but the main problem is the rookie max deals so uh, yes. Now Boston on the other hand, Boston is another team that's interested. Uh, the rumored package that's right. been talked about is you would see either, you would see Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart packaged as part mm-hmm. of the deal to go with multiple multiple first round picks. Um, yes. I don't know if they would include a third player or not, but right. uh, that's basically a theoretical package that Boston could potentially offer, especially with them acquiring Malcolm Brogdon like they did yesterday. Yes, I? Call that. <laughs> <laughs> Might I add uh, the acquisition of Brogdon, they basically get, uh, you can basically say that as they gave up a first round pick for Brogdon. Which, yes. I mean, let's face it, Let's face it. All of the other players that they traded away, Daniel Tice is Daniel Tice is nothing. Aaron Niesmith is even more than nothing. Uh, and and they traded away. They also traded away a whole bunch of uh, garbage time players, basically, to make uh-huh. the salaries match up. Uh huh. Now that is the reason away. why. Go ahead. In other words, you're really giving up nothing, pretty much. I mean, Daniel yeah. Tice, he got absolutely abused by the Warriors in the playoffs, right. and you notice, you notice that ever since that first game, uh, they didn't play Daniel Tice at all the remaining right. series or the remaining games in the series. So. Uh, Tice definitely, I believe, lost a bit of favor with Boston because of that performance, uh, and also the fact that they were signing Danilo Gall- Gallinari, which Gallinari is basically his uh, his replacement on the bench. So uh, yes. here's the here's the main the main reason why I think Marcus Smart may be potentially on the outs in Boston, and would probably be involved in any Kevin Durant deal is because you take a look at their point guard room, who they currently have at point guard. They got Marcus Smart. They got Derek White, who they traded uh, their first-round pick this year for. They got Peyton Pritchard, and now they got Malcolm Brogdon. You're not going to have four point guards and expect to play all four of them. Somebody has to get moved.
0: <clears throat>
2: but you know what's weird enough, though, Lou, is that immediately after Boston acquired Malcolm Brogdon, they were marked as favorites to win the NBA title for this upcoming yeah. season by Vegas, which completely astounds me.
3: Yeah, astounds me as well. Of course, they're also taking the Nets, too. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Dobby, you heard that one before. I mean, I think they no, they're, not the,
2: they're not taking the Nets, actually. Believe it or not, the Nets are, uh, their price is going down even more in terms of uh, they're becoming more and more of underdogs uh, by the yeah, hour which, almost.
3: Which doesn't surprise, But two weeks ago, you know, they were considered one of the favorites. Like oh uh, yeah right they were yeah they were the this year too yeah bull okay so this doesn't surprise me that right? their stock is down and they're now more between like you know the underclass because you know they have played like underclass the whole year oh boy if only that shot would have been made in game seven of the of the uh, first round in 2021 it would be a whole different story but no and since then they haven't done jack.
2: I'm telling I'm telling you you know if they had Joe Harris. Healthy yes. this past season, it could have been a lot different for for Brooklyn.
3: Well, yeah, if was healthy and if, if Irving, you know, would have got his history uh, out with the with the uh, with the vaccine, you know, we would have been a lot better. Of course, he had to be a jackass about like, no, I'm not going to get the vaccine. Okay, I'll just play away games, and you know, so that's you know, that was another factor there. You got to stay healthy if you want to go far and make it into the playoffs and get to the, get the finals. If you're if you're a train wreck. With injuries, COVID or whatever it's not, it's not going to matter because you would not get anywhere.
2: Right. I mean, here's the thing. I, uh, I'm i surprised at Boston being labeled as the favorites for the NBA title. Yeah. What I'm not surprised at as they're listed as the favorites to win the East. And I it's say not I'm not surprised. I say I'm not surprised because – and the only reason I say that because you take a look at free agency, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. All they did was add. All they did was add Joe Ingles, who is coming off of an injury, and who knows what condition he's going to be in next year. Uh, plus, obviously, Milwaukee will have a healthy uh, a healthy Chris Middleton. Miami, they just lost PJ Tucker. Uh, PJ Tucker went to uh, Philadelphia. On a uh, three-year, and in my opinion, overpaid uh, a three-year. I think it's like thirty-two million dollar deal or something like that. That's uh, what was going I mean, you know, Chicago. Chicago didn't really do much, and if anything, there's there's talk that maybe perhaps Nikola Vucevic might potentially be on the move uh, at some point this off season. So Chicago even though they'll be healthy next year, may not have the same team. Atlanta, they did get DeJuante Murray, but it's going to take more than DeJuante Murray uh, for Atlanta to be a to be a true contender again. So uh, apart from that, really, I mean, the only two threats I see to Boston in the East is Miami and, and and Milwaukee because mm. Miami they got they brought back Victor Oladipo on a one year deal which was a good a uh, good move for them I thought I thought it would be very stupid if they allowed uh, Oladipo to walk. <laughs>
0: yes.
2: Uh, yeah, they did lose PJ Tucker, but honestly, you know, PJ they can easily give PJ Tucker's uh, minutes away, maybe perhaps. Duncan Robinson will start to see more minutes next year, um, right. and plus, like I, you know, uh, like I mentioned last week, uh, or maybe it was the week before, Duncan Robinson was very yeah. sparingly used this year, and he had con- considering how how he used to be such a sharpshooter. If he can ever get back to that, to the, you know, to that uh, that way of shooting. You know he he could very easily be one of their one of their top shooters again, yeah, for the heat, so uh, you know that's something obviously uh that is going to keep Miami in the thick of things, and plus you know they have Tyler Harrow, who actually you know with P. J. Tucker going to Philly, this probably opens the door for Tyler Harrow to officially become a starter. Uh, which, considering he was the sixth man of the year this year, uh, you know, he, and he said he's been looking to, is it he to get an opportunity. He's been looking to get an opportunity to start on a regular basis. This would be the yes. time to potentially do that. Um, on the other hand, though, you know, so, you know, Kevin Durant. With him being under contract for four years, it kind of makes sense why uh, they're going to ask for as much as uh, as much as they're going to ask for him uh, in any con, you know, in any trade uh, moving forward. Kyrie, on the other hand, here's why I think the Mets won't be a problem next year because not only are they losing Kyrie and and, and potentially Durant. There's a there's a current trade being talked about right now between the Lakers and the Nets that would send Kyrie Irving and mm-hmm. Joe Harris potentially. So you're going to lose not just Irving but you're going to lose Harris in this deal as well, to yes. uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Russell Westbrook, uh, Taylon Horton, Taylon Horton Tucker, and. Their first round pick in 2027, I think it was, that was mentioned. That's the current package that's being talked about right now as uh, Kyrie Irving is supposedly trying to, and this is is just, I'm I'm taking it from from how they're writing it, Uh, he's trying to force his way out of Brooklyn, essentially, and force his way to L.A. Which honestly, I mean, going from Kyrie Irving to Russell Westbrook, I would consider that a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a downgrade, uh, although maybe perhaps, with Russell Westbrook being, the, uh, being looked at as the guy again, because let's face it, on depending on what this Brooklyn Mets roster is going to look like afterwards, uh, Russell Westbrook may be the main star on that team. So, we may start to see triple-doubles again from Westbrook next year if this trade goes wow. through. So, he'll be back About No, you're, you're most definitely getting Westbrook. I know, but he was, he was really off
3: this, this past season, though. He was really
2: off. He was, but that may have been because he had to share the court with, you know, LeBron James, who was a ball hog. Right and Anthony Davis, who is a ball hog. That's true. But with him with him coming back to uh, – or with him going to Brooklyn, potentially, that would open up more opportunities for him to be the Russell Westbrook that he was with Oklahoma City, or even the Russell Westbrook that he was with, with Houston. Well,
3: uh, I don't know about that.
2: Now the big hold up in this all in this whole process though is apparently from my understanding according to uh, Chris Haynes is yeah. the Nets want the Nets want Joe Harris to be involved in the deal going to LA while LA instead would prefer Seth Curry be involved in the deal instead of Joe Harris. Mm. So it's basically a standoff right now between both teams in, in terms of what they want uh, in the package. So it's, it's definitely something that's, that's holding up the, uh, the process right now uh, as it goes for, uh, for Kyrie Irving to L.A. But let me bring in Alex and get his thoughts on this. Uh, Alex, how are you how are you doing tonight? Hey Steve, guys, I'm so sorry. I I, uh, I should have told you I was going to be out tonight. And I got a source, but I'm, I'm visiting my mom in Florida. Oh, oh, okay, no yeah. problem. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I I'm always accountable, so I just want to really At least pop in and say hi, and I'll be on next week. Oh, okay. okay. i hope gonna be better, yeah. I haven't seen my mom in five years, so I'm just be, being with the family for the weekend. Right. Oh I hope no! I, you know, back I, an I don't blame you. Me, man. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the weekend. Though. I never, I have a real sore throat, but enjoy the enjoy the great show, and I'll I'll be back next week. All right, all right, man. Have a Take good care. one. Take care.
1: Thanks.
2: All right, so we will we will have Alex back next week, um, and I believe Kyle will be joining us at some point tonight. He said he was going to call in. Um, okay. But yeah, you know, Lou, this. It's definitely going to be a different Brooklyn Nets team next year. I mean, you did get Patty Mills to come back, and you yes. also got uh, you did get Nicholas Claxton to come back as well. However,
0: yeah,
2: I, I mean, you if you take if you take away uh, you know you take away Kevin Durant, you take away Kevin Durant, and you take away Kyrie Irving. And potentially yeah. uh you know potentially Harris that's basically right. going to going to put you know a huge uh, a huge dent in yeah. what a content, what a contending roster should potentially look like I was going say that. So more than likely, and here's here's the bad part too. The bad part too is in the James Harden trade, uh, the original trade uh, acquiring him from from uh, Houston. You uh, Brooklyn sent all of their first round picks until 2027. Yeah, to Houston. So they're going to have to undergo this rebuild.
4: Uh-huh. Without
2: without draft picks, so you know I just I don't see how this this actually may be worse than the uh, than the Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce uh, ordeal right. that they that they went through when they when they sent all those picks to Boston. But I just I just find it fascinating though that this was uh, you know th- this is basically they put all of their eggs in the Kyrie Irving oh, wow. and Kevin Durant basket, and they were hoping that they'd be able to win by adding James Harden into the mix. So they put all their eggs into that one big three, and I will you know I will say this Brooklyn. If it wasn't for James Hard for uh them saying that James Harden's foot was on the line or was it James Harden no, it was uh, it was Durant, I think, that his foot Correct. was on the Correct. line. Uh, you know, they could have potentially advanced. Yeah. The year the year that uh the year that, that Milwaukee ended up taking it all.
3: That's right. If his foot wasn't the line, Milwaukee wouldn't be going wouldn't be NBA champions.
2: So, you know, that right there, I mean, I, gu- I guess, yeah, you can call this big three a failure, but, you know, had had it yeah. gone differently and had, had the shoe fallen the other way in that one instance, you could have Was potentially sure? seen Brooklyn, you could have potentially seen Brooklyn go all the way in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um now, in terms of in terms of when all of this yeah. is going to happen, I mean Lou honestly, I would not be surprised at all if we get a uh if we get a Fourth of July announcement, like how we did uh how we did a couple of years ago when Kevin Durant decided that he was going to golden State, yes. <laughs> So you know, I, w- I would not be surprised at all if we see if we see a repeat of that where uh, where you know it's announced that Durant is being traded uh, on Monday actually on the for- on the fourth of July. Um, talk about your fireworks. Yeah, talk, you want to talk about fireworks? I mean, gr- granted, but we'll we'll just say the whole entire league. Uh, saw some fireworks this past uh, you know the past couple of days here. Um, but in terms of here's the problem if there are any trades that are that are set to take place, kevin durant the Kevin Durant ordeal is holding up everything basically because. There, there are teams that there are teams that if they have to match salary in a potential deal with Brooklyn, they don't want to make other trades right now, in case they may potentially have to use those other players as part of the deal. So, you know, it's. I just I go I go all the way. Maybe this is just me being a uh, being a Boston Homer, but something just something just seems really odd to me. The fact that they acquired Malcolm Brogdon, who is a former All Star, who is a starting point guard, when they already have a starting point guard in Marcus Smart, and they have another potential starting point guard in Derek White. So, I mean, it's it's really weird to have seven starters, on, you know, to have seven starters on one team. Um, yes. Especially is. the especially with two of them off of the bench of being at the same position, point guard.
1: But
2: let me bring in Kyle right now uh,
4: to get his thoughts
2: on the uh on the Durant and
4: Irving saga. Kyle, uh, first off, how's it going? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. All is well, you know, after I'm done meeting hey, well, my my celebrities for, for the week. <laughs> yeah, for anybody for anybody who doesn't know uh
2: Kyle actually ran into uh Bobby Lashley uh of the WWE this week uh while he was at the, while he was at I believe it was the airport, right?
4: Yeah, so I, I work in Dallas at DFW, and um, it's honestly, it's becoming like a regular thing. Today, I saw Mike Leach. He was uh, going to Billings. I'm assuming he was going on a recruiting trip, but he was with his wife, so I didn't want to intrude too much. Um, but yeah, I got to meet Bobby Lashley, an MVP, actually. Uh, uh, one of my friends noticed Bobby Lashley, and he's like, hey, like, that's Bobby Lashley. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, I was a little, a little hesitant to, to go up to him, but... He's a good guy. He let me take a picture with him. And um, MVP wasn't that nice, but still, I get to say what's up to the two. And Bobby Lashley, you know, I said hello. So it was definitely a cool experience.
2: Uh, not to mention Bobby Lashley, the new United States champion as of tonight, uh, defeating Austin Theory at Money in the Bank. So... Uh, you got oh, wow. to say hello to the. You, you got to take a picture with the uh, the new United States champion as of uh, as of tonight. Um, nice. But uh, what are you know? We we've been talking about uh, the Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving saga that's going on right now in Brooklyn, right. and what seems like it seems like they have definitively played their final game in a Brooklyn Mets uniform. What first off, we'll start with Durant. We'll start with Durant. Uh, Like I said earlier, before you called in, the asking price for Durant, especially after the uh, the Rudy Gobert trade, which saw them get four first round picks for Gobert uh, going to Utah, uh, along with other players, uh, the asking price for Brooklyn for Durant is supposedly two All Stars. And if they can't get the second All Star, they're looking for a young player, uh, as well as what what's being described as a mountain of first round picks.
0: Yeah.
4: So, so my, my take on KD. Go ahead, if you if you want to follow up with that with a, with a question or something. No,
2: no, I was I, I was I was just going to say. So, what are your thought What are your thoughts on? Uh, on the whole, Kevin Durant situation because it seemed like uh, Durant and Irving, you know, once Irving opted in to his uh, to his player option, it seemed like both Durant and Irving were committed to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to bringing a championship to Brooklyn.
4: Right. So this this, this comes back to KD when he, you know when he first made that big move and went to Golden State, um, I want to go on record and say I've never liked KD. At Texas, I didn't like KD. Um, so this goes yeah. back years ago. But th- for him, it you, there's you can tell there's players that are out there who just look for the money and the bag and whatever. But you can tell other players who, who really want to win. Like Steph, you know, it's probably a bad example, but Steph loves Golden State. They love him. You know, he's he's going to always be a warrior. You know, he's never going to leave. They pretty much are going to build San Francisco around Steph Curry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, KD, Katie, Katie, I think is, is starting to get to his head more than the heart of the game. And I, I don't like players like that. I would rather somebody, you know, who comes off the bench, gives you 10 points a game, and gives you his all, And KD, I I don't know, KD has lost his sense of maybe the love of the game, I guess you'd say, but, yeah, somebody who deserves, like, I I don't know. I've never liked KD, and I I just think this whole entire situation is so fishy. I'd like good riddance, KD. Thank you for nothing. Thank you for setting us back years again. It kind of reminds me of the the Paul Pierce trade and all that fun stuff. Um, Brooklyn is just a team that wants to win now unlike the Celtics who are, who have been building a team who, is, who are going to contend in the East, you know, for five, six years, you know.
2: You know, it's interesting you mentioned the yeah.
4: Celtics because I want to also get your
2: thoughts on the Malcolm Brogdon acquisition because this kind of leaves them, you know, very crowded at the point guard position now all of a sudden. And right. Boston is rumored – Boston is rumored to be one of the teams that is in on uh, on the Kevin Durant auction as they're calling it
0: mm-hmm. could we
2: potentially see could we potentially see somebody like a Marcus smart or a Derek White get moved as part of a uh, Kevin Durant deal
4: so so here's the thing if, if they're asking for two big name superstars are you willing to give up Jason Tatum or Jason Brown or Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant? I'm not. Brown I, Brown, I Brown is
2: supposedly Brown is supposedly one of the names that's being thrown out there. Not Tatum though.
4: Right, right, right. But you you have to lose one of them. You know, he's asking for a big well, name superstar. You know, yeah. so I I I wouldn't do it if I'm Danny Ainge or anybody in that organization. You know, I'd be like, no, like this, this isn't gonna happen. I don't. Um, I don't want this. I, why would I want to blow up my young core to get Katie a snake? What? So he can get two years, and then he wants to leave Boston? Like no.
2: Yeah, bottom bottom line, by the way, they can't trade Tatum unless because uh, Tatum falls under that rookie max contract again. Oh, uh, yes. that rule. That rule where you can't have uh, you can't have more than one rookie max contract under. Uh, Your club uh, at the same time. So if if Tatum were to be traded, Ben Simmons would have to be involved in the deal
3: That's all
2: we Uh, Now we have we now we have Kyrie Irving who is Being rumored to to be involved in a trade uh, to LA which would include so so basically it from from the regular uh frame uh framework that it looks like right now Kyrie and Russell Westbrook are a uh, certain you know they're certain to be involved in the deal uh right also also paying Horton Tucker and a 2027 first round pick going to Brooklyn The problem here is Brooklyn wants to include Joe Harris as part of the deal going to L.A. However, L.A. wants Steph Curry to be that second player heading over. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on Kyrie potentially uh potentially moving out to LA to uh
4: go back to LeBron's shadow? See that, that's so weird to me because he he left because he didn't want to be under LeBron's shadow and now he wants to be under LeBron's shadow again. That's in the game. Mark. No. Right. And so I don't know. That, that's weird. To, I, I mean, if I was LA, I would definitely want Seth Curry. See, the thing with LA is I didn't think they have a, had enough spacing last year. Like, cool. We all know Russ can't hit threes consistently. I mean, occasionally he can probably hit two or three a night. But with Seth Curry, you're going to get somebody who's a splash. Who's going to put, put up five, six, three-point shots a night. And he's going to, you know, make them. You know, um... This Kyrie thing is weird, too. I mean, dude, like, you left because you didn't want to be in the LeBron shadow, and now you want to be best buddies with LeBron again? Like, if I'm LeBron, I'm looking at this as, no, I don't want you. I mean, I know Bradley Beal just got signed to, to that next contract in Washington. I would want somebody like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal going to s- facilitate. He's going to play hard defense, and you need somebody like that to play with LeBron, you know? Um but I don't like this idea of Ky- Kyrie. I mean, I got to stick with my Duke players, but man, like you, you, you're kind of putting Duke like a shame. Like I'm kind of ashamed that Kyrie wants a Duke now, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is a guy. This is a guy who has burned three different teams in a span of five years. He burned right. Cleveland. Then he yeah. burned Boston. And now he's burning Brooklyn. Right. Always a man of five years. I mean honestly, I don't think there's I don't think there's one other superstar that you can look at and say that and, and say the same thing. I don't think there's there's one other superstar that, that that has done that. No. You know, when a superstar has done it when a superstar has done it, they usually have played out their contract. They don't literally try to force themselves from from their current team onto another team, like Kyrie is trying to do right now. And Durant, you know right. Durant, I can understand I can understand why Durant wants out because he's probably he's probably tired of dealing with Kyrie, and he's probably yeah. tired of dealing with uh, with Ben Simmons as well. But imagine that! Imagine Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons on the same team yeah. next year. Two head cases. Boy.
4: You know what's funny is I, that, would be, that, that would be that would be one of the easiest teams to guard, though, because they they both can't hit a consistent jump shot. Like literally, all you have to do is stay from a three point. I would beg Brooklyn to hit every single three point shot in the world. Well, I I wanted
2: I wanted to I wanted to ask them to do that when Patty Mills is on the uh, is on the court because they right. did resign <laughs> Patty Mills and he can shoot and if, if they true. keep Joe Harris if they keep Joe Harris or if they keep Seth Curry whoever they keep is very good at three point shooting as well so right I wouldn't go that far I, I would maybe maybe I would beg or maybe I would dare them to have. Ben Simmons land a three point shot, which let's face it, he can't. He can only do layups. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe I would try to dare Ben Simmons to uh, to have to do it on a consistent basis. But you know, if they still have Joe Harris or they still have Seth Curry, and plus they got Patty Mills out there, uh, and who knows if they bring back Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin can still land three pointers. So yes, true. I mean it's
0: I mean,
2: you know one one big loss I forgot about this they lost Bruce Brown as well cuz he's going to I think it was uh Denver So there's definitely uh you know you want to you want to talk about a different team next year uh Bruce Brown was probably one of their <clears throat> Sorry, probably one of their better players during during that playoff series against Boston. So, need, needless to say, though that Brooklyn team is going to be drastically different. Uh yes. and the thing the thing is too is that they're going to have to rebuild without their own draft picks. I mean, who knows? Uh, Obviously, they're going to get draft picks uh, in the Irving and Durant deals, but who knows what years those will be for. I mean, depending on what happens, it could be a considerable amount of time before before they can even utilize those draft picks. I got to tell you though, you know, if I'm Houston, I'm celebrating that uh that James Harden deal now because I mean, those first round picks are going to be look, those uh first round picks from uh Brooklyn are going to be looking mighty appetizing uh in the uh upcoming years. And uh, just uh, just think about that too with the moves that Houston has made. Uh, in recent, in recent, uh, you know, with the, with the draft and everything, you already have Jalen Green on your roster. You're trying, you're trying to trade away Eric Gordon to the 76ers, which from the sounds of it, it sounds like that is going to happen. Uh, you end up getting, uh, a kid who's now going to have a chip on his shoulder, uh, in Jabari Smith Jr. You all, which, which by the way, I'm still, even even now, I'm still st- I'm still stunned uh, that uh, Paolo Banchero went first. But Joe, I mean, I know I know Kyle, you have a different uh, you have a different uh, aspect on that, but. I, I'm still stunned that somehow Paolo Banchero went from being universally the favorite to to be picked number three overall to yeah. all of a sudden being drafted number one overall. Okay. Right. But I think, you know, I take a look at the Rockets, though. They got Jabari Smith to join Jalen Green. They got Terry Easton from LSU, who uh, I know Boston was looking at potentially getting into the first round to try and take Terry Easton. They got Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. Uh, I mean, Houston, and plus with those draft picks uh, from Brooklyn that Houston got, Houston's future is looking pretty damn bright. Yeah. Right. Uh, If, if, uh, if, if chips fall a certain way and Brooklyn ends up being a disaster for the next couple of years, I mean, those could be some pretty high picks. Now going into free agency though, uh, obviously all of the, all of the players that we thought would sign extensions ended up signing extensions. Uh, You got Carl Anthony Towns, Darius Garland, John Morant, Zion Williamson, uh Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, you know, all the big names uh signed long term extensions with their with their respective teams. However, uh maybe one of the bigger names on the market, and we saw this start, uh, we saw this process start with the draft uh, when the Knicks decided to give up the 11th overall pick in an attempt to clear space for this guy. Uh, Jalen Brunson is now officially a New York Knicks. Yep. So let's get let's get your thoughts uh, first, uh, Kyle, on that. Jalen, you know the Knicks decided to go decided to go with a uh, with a unusual method of not taking you know a high overall pick in the in the draft, and instead deciding to use the opportunity to try and clear space. To go after the top point guard of this year's class of uh, of free agents, do you think it was a smart move, uh, Kyle, for the for the Knicks to take that approach and
4: basically go all in on one specific player? No, I, I, I think it's 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 crazy. I mean, especially with this year's free agency, it's just it's just been a wild for agency so far. I mean, I I don't know. It's just odd. I don't know if that was a good idea. I don't think it was, but you know, that's why I don't make the big bucks and I don't make the, those decisions, but I wouldn't have done that. I mean, you never okay, well, I know. I, I don't know. Oh,
2: Lou, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Jalen Brunson? Because uh, you know the Knicks. They basically went all out to sign this guy. There was no foregone conclusion that he was going to be a Nick uh, when right. they made the moves that they did. I mean, was this was this a smart play by by the Knicks, considering you know the fact that they have so much dysfunction? I mean, yeah, they got rid of Kemba Walker's contract, but yeah. now they bring in Jalen Brunson like he's supposed to be the solution to uh, I don't think uh, the next
3: problem. I, I mean, you know, I you know, the the train with the train was right move, but I don't think Bruce is, you know, uh, the right the right man. I don't think he's done me enough. But you know, as far as the trade went goes, yeah, that was a smart move. Yeah, but Bruce, yeah, but they did get a good like, position player. So it's kind of it's kind of really iffy about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Brunson right now, sixteen point three. What was that? What was that, Lou?
3: (laughs) I thought that was because they can go either way.
2: But I mean, Jalen Brunson, sixteen point three points per game last year, three point nine rebounds and four point eight assists. I mean, if I if I'm being honest here. Yeah, those are good numbers. Those are good numbers for a point guard, but, I mean, I would expect the assist number to be up a little higher. Uh, you know, if if I'm a team that is looking – I mean, because keep in mind, you know, the Knicks are probably going to have to trade Julius Randle before all, everything's all said and done. Uh, right. So they still have to send – stuff out, uh, I guess I guess the whole thing was, you know, they were really high on that Ivy kid uh, in the draft. And once they were unable to trade up and get him, you know, right. that's basically the fallback option was, okay, now we have to go and get Brunson instead. Mm. And by the way, speaking of high draft picks, Keegan Murray, who was taken by yeah. Sacramento who was taken by Sacramento in the draft. Tonight in the Summer League, 26 points, eight rebounds on 71% shooting, including four out of five from three. Granted, it's Summer League, but, granted it's summer league, Lou, but Keegan Murray, if, the, if, if he can put up these type of numbers during the regular season, Could the Kings potentially be a team to watch
3: out for in the West? Keep in mind, we are talking about the Kings that we know has been over the last like two decades or so. Uh, I wouldn't get my hopes on. Yes, he's doing well for summer league, and that's fine. But, but I don't know how it's going to translate over into the regular season. I wouldn't put my, I would not put my money on on Keegan or the or the Sacramento Kings. Take a look at, let's take a look at Sacramento.
2: Yeah, but we if we take a look at Sacramento, though, they signed Malik Monk to upgrade their three point shooting. They uh, they ended up trading for Kevin Huerter from uh, from Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean they have definitely improved their roster so far this off season. It, now keep in mind they also have uh, DeMontis Sabonis originally mm-hmm. from uh, from Indiana. Yes. If they if, if they can get if, if they can get Keegan Murray to be playing at a high level it's entirely possible that you could but you could potentially be looking at uh maybe a potential dark horse. Maybe finally Sacramento gets it all together. Maybe, but I wouldn't like I said I wouldn't
3: spend any money out
2: though. Uh, I mean it's you know, it's still it's still a little iffy I guess with Sacramento, but obviously yeah we have to we have to see how the rookies translate. I mean it's it's good it's good to begin with the fact that they're that that he's playing so well in the Summer League just to start off the summer league. But right. it's obviously different competition uh when you're facing off against actual NBA players. Uh although he was facing they were facing off against Golden State's Summer League team. Which mm-hmm. I mean if we're being honest, you know, Golden State probably has one of the better uh, prospect teams, you know, in terms of prospect pools uh, out there. So maybe perhaps that is something to keep an eye out for.
1: Because
2: let me actually, let me take a look right now. Because Sacramento won 86 to 68. Keegan Murray was the leading scorer for Sacramento. Let's see, who did Golden State have?
0: Uh, Wow.
2: Okay, so no, they didn't have Wiseman, they didn't have Kaminga, they didn't have Moody or J.D. Noke. Wow, so basically Mm -hmm. all of Golden State's big uh, you know, big um, rookie players did not play. In this first matchup, so okay, maybe that's we'll see. We'll see how Keegan Murray uh, starts off for the rest of the uh, the rest of the summer league. Uh, however, we did see uh, the debuts of Sharif O'Neill as well as Scottie Pippen Jr. Uh, today, wow. Scotty Pippen Jr. put up fourteen points with uh, with six rebounds and three assists while Sharif O'Neal had six points with six rebounds and one assist on the uh Lakers summer league team as the Lakers defeated the Heat one hundred to
0: sixty
2: six. Meanwhile the uh, the big name for the uh for the Heat, uh, Nikola Jovich didn't really do much, only three points, three rebounds, uh in his first in his first uh, game of the summer league. So uh, Miami wasn't really that impressive uh, to start off no. The uh, as, as far as the summer league goes. Uh, but some of the other bits of news, and by the way, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is being viewed as a sixth man in Boston's lineup according to league sources, which is kind of surprising considering the fact that he's, you know, he's been a starter ever since his days in in Milwaukee. So that seems – although I guess maybe perhaps his health uh, is kind of part of the reason why, as he's failed to play more than 56 games in a season since the 2018-2019 season because of injury issues. So maybe perhaps that has something to do with it. Um, but you know what, though, Lou, let's talk about the uh, the Rudy Gobert trade for a minute here. Utah Jazz, yeah. uh, they were faced with the decision: do we trade Rudy Gobert or do we trade uh, uh, Mitchell? And you know, from the sounds of things, it sounds like it sounds like Mitchell may not even be off may not be off limits either. Mitchell may still be traded uh, this offseason. But uh, Danny Ainge immediately went to work trading Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leonjo Balmaro, and four first-round picks, which, by the way, Three of them, uh, the, the years are as follows. 2023, 2025, and 2027 are all mm-hmm. unprotected picks. Okay. While, yeah, a problem. While, the, while the 2029 pick is a top five protected pick. So uh, mm-hmm. that will not convey if that pick ends up falling in the top five, which, I mean, let's be perfectly honest here, it probably is not going to with the uh, – no with the roster that Minnesota is probably going to have at that point. But the big thing here is you are pairing up Rudy Gobert with Carl Anthony Towns. You want to talk about the twin towers of, yeah. of uh, you want to talk about the, the the twin towers of basketball. I don't think you can find two bigger uh you know a a bigger duo size wise no you can't than rudy gobert than rudy gobert and carl anthony towns no (laughs) No. but honestly lou to me this kind of seems like a bit of an overpay i mean Mm. four first-round picks to go along with malik beasley who was probably one of the one of the better one of the better three point shooters for uh that is, for, for Minnesota yeah. along with yeah. Patrick Beverly as well I mean to me this just seems this just seems like uh like a bit of an overpay I think it would
3: be
0: too.
2: So, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Minnesota is is obviously banking on the fact that uh, this will basically get them, you know, over that hump and get them further into the playoffs, uh, which honestly I think it probably will. But I think the main main thing is this is the reason why Kevin Durant, the price for Kevin Durant is going up. And let's face it, Rudy Gobert – I mean, Rudy Gobert may be good, but he's no Kevin Durant. So, no. you know, this would be the price. This would be the price that I would expect Kevin Durant to fetch. But now that Rudy Gobert got four first-round picks, are we probably looking at at least five in a Kevin Durant deal?
0: I think we are.
2: At least five. Really a little bit more. I mean, you. You look at Rudy Gobert, 15.6 points per game, 14.7 rebounds, which he led the uh, he led the league in rebounds per game, which, okay, that's fine and dandy, but you couldn't even coexist with Donovan Mitchell. Like, you couldn't put together a successful pairing with Donovan Mitchell. However, you know, size is going to be a huge problem, though, when it comes to facing Minnesota. So that may kind of even things out a bit, but you know, it's to me, it just, it just seems like it was, it was a huge price to pay, uh, to acquire somebody the likes of Rudy Gobert. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Uh, I mentioned earlier that Kevin Huerder got traded to Sacramento. Uh, in return, Atlanta acquired Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a lottery-protected 2024 first-round pick.
4: So that yeah.
2: means, I, th- I think, what is the lottery? One to fourteen, or is it uh, one to fifteen? One to fifteen, I think. Okay, so basically, if it falls if it falls past fifteen, then it will convert over to uh, over to Atlanta. In 2024, um, but you know that's that's exactly what what I uh, what I what I said earlier. You know, uh, for a team a team that wants to upgrade their shooting, Kevin Huerter is definitely one of the guys you want to look at to upgrade uh, to upgrade your three point shooting. Yeah. Now, whether or not he can be a permanent Uh, if he could be a permanent solution, I don't know about that. I don't, you know, I don't know if he could be, uh, I guess, considering their, considering their roster, maybe he could be an everyday starter for Sacramento, but, uh, you know, I just, I just don't know right now when it comes to, I mean, we've seen, we've seen how, uh, how, Sacramento, previous Sacramento teams have gone uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to player breakdown. So uh, it's, I would not be surprised if we see them as a potential dark horse for the uh, Western Conference. Like in terms of getting into the playoffs, I'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're not going to be a contender, but I think they have at least a chance to maybe make it into the play-in tournament, maybe potentially sneak in as a seven or eight seed. Uh, let's see. I already mentioned Kyrie Irving picking up the player option. Uh, oh. So here's a little bit of, a, a little bit of news. The Nets had offered, when they made a contract offer, the Nets had offered Kyrie Irving a four-year max deal, which had two years guaranteed, and it also had triggers for years three and four based on the amount of games played uh, in the first two years of the deal. And basically, it's it's looked at that was looked at as an extremely fair offer that shows that Brooklyn was negotiating in good faith. So, you know, you just you kind of you kind of have
0: to
2: you kind of have to think that this is basically all Brooklyn, essentially. What do you want to talk about why uh, everything failed?
1: Mm.
2: And wow, uh, this apparently just happened. I cannot believe this. Uh, Breaking news for wrestling fans. Liv Morgan, who won the Women's Money in the Bank tonight, just cashed in on Ronda Rousey to become the... SmackDown women's champion after Ronda Rousey uh, after Ronda Rousey kayfabe injured her leg she didn't really injure her leg but uh, uh, she injured her leg supposedly uh, in a match against Natalya Neidhart uh, part of the uh, illustrious Hart family Um only yeah. to then get cashed in on by Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan is now your new SmackDown Women's Champion.
3: You're losing it, Ronda. You're losing it.
2: I I just I kind not Well, I, I I first off, Lou, I can't believe this because this is a woman who was on one of you know she was part of a of a group called the riot squad which had her uh it had wait a minute it had her it had ruby riot and it also had sarah logan and you know everybody was looking at them as okay you know they they got they got called up to the main roster she is the only surviving. She is the only surviving member of that group to be still with the WWE to this day. And you know, when they shockingly got broken up, everybody was looking at uh, everybody was looking at Liv Morgan and saying, "Well, she's probably just going to be released." You know, they uh, w- without without the Riot Squad, she doesn't really have anybody. And instead, she has finally reached the mountaintop here. So good for Liv Morgan uh, for tonight. They finally decided to give her, because she's one of the more popular women on the roster.
1: Right. Um,
2: now, let's see. Our next our next little bit of information here, uh, let's see, Tyree, what's it called? Good Faith? Yeah, that's already, I already talked about Carl anthony Towns, John Morant. See, to, you know, I really shouldn't group all these things together because that means it makes it even harder to erase these things. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's talk about wow. the DeJuante-Murray deal that sent DeJuante Murray to the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> in exchange for Danilo Gallinari who then got bought out by uh he got bought out by by uh San Antonio then signed with Boston for 2 years uh they also uh, San Antonio also got three first round picks and a pick swap as well
1: mm-hmm.
2: You know it, it it looked like at first that you know they were probably going to be they were going to be headed towards a rebuild under Murray because the decision was do we trade away Murray or do we trade away uh you, you know do we tra- do we trade away Murray or do we trade away uh you know uh, Derek White they chose to trade away Derek White which meant, okay, that means DeJuante Murray is going to be our point guard of the future and of the present. Instead, now San Antonio really seems to be entering a full-fledged rebuild, and, you know, now we got – a legendary coach and Greg Popovich, you know, you, ca- you kind of have to wonder, what is Popovich doing here? Like, is he really going to be willing to go through a rebuild? No. I mean, what are your thoughts, Lou? You know, how much longer do you think uh, Popovich is going to probably be a coach in the league?
4: I give it
3: two years. tops. If he makes it through this through this coming season, he hasn't. He's he's up there now, and, and he's, you know, losing steam. I, I give him. I give him two years, and I don't think he's you know, the best of health either. So uh, I think he's going to have to you know call it what's you know very shortly.
2: I mean, it just seems kind of shocking that yes, you know, it's it's it, it seems kind of shocking that uh San Antonio would be willing to go through this whole you know, go through this whole this whole extended rebuild and still have Popovich as their as their manager. Or I mean as their coach. Right. So you know, I don't I don't know what the hell what they're how what the hell they're doing here. Uh in San Antonio. However, uh, I do believe the price is actually a good price because Murray is one of those guys that you pair him up with Trey young. That is a devastating twosome out there in Atlanta. Now, because now this takes off some of the pressure uh, this takes off some of the on-ball pressure off of uh, off of Trey Young. That means Murray, you know Murray can also handle uh, can also take on some of the ball handling responsibilities. Depending on what else Atlanta does, you could be looking at Atlanta once again because I, I know they're in uh, talks to Treyway away John Collins. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, you could be looking at Atlanta as potentially another rising team in the East. All right, what are your, what are your thoughts, Lou? You know, Atlanta. It seemed like a couple years ago they were on the rise, and then all of a sudden they fell back to earth. But yeah. could they be could they be back uh, in the mix now? All of a sudden, after this move. At this
3: move, I don't think I'd be surprised if they did contend again. You know that might be what uh, what they were looking for. So uh, I I think you know if they make more uh, moves like this, they will uh, be able to contend uh, for in the East uh, next next year. I think it's very very possible. We're going to say the same for the next. <laughs>
2: Yeah, now, you know, obviously now when it comes to San Antonio, though, San Antonio, uh, they are, yeah, they're going to be headed to a lengthy rebuild. And like I said, I'm still surprised that Popovich is going through. And all indications are Popovich is willing to go through a rebuild. So it's just very surprising to me. Uh, let's see, uh, Zion Williamson. He's another one of those players that signed uh, a rookie max deal yeah. worth up to two. Uh, it's worth up to two hundred and thirty-one million dollars. Not worth. So this that. is a guy. This is a guy who has been, uh, who has struggled to stay on the court. He's a flop. <laughs> And now it, sa- it says here that he will have to, uh, in order to make that number, he will have to qualify for a super max, which would a- which would require him to make an all NBA team or win MVP or Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, if he doesn't qualify, then he'll make about 193 million on this max extension. Gee,
3: 193 so, million. How's
2: he gonna live with <laughs> that? I mean, I don't see him winning MVP. I don't see him. I don't see him winning Defensive Player of the Year. No, could he no. make? Could he make an All NBA team though?
3: Huh. Are you nuts? Forget it. If I was to I sneaker experience that. Right?
2: You know, if he has a fully healthy season, he yeah. could potentially he could potentially put up the numbers worthy of All NBA.
3: Yeah, the word is if, though, Steve. I mean, I don't, I don't see it happening, not from him. I mean, what, what has he really done? He's, a, he's another wash-up Because don't, for, wash
2: don't forget, he has three chances. He has three uh, – there are three All-NBA teams to uh, to potentially be placed on. Even if it's a third uh, – if even if it's the All-NBA third team, he'll still <laughs> get the uh, – he'll still qualify for the Supermax. Yeah.
3: We'll see if
2: that even happens.
3: Because I
2: don't see it happening. No, maybe not, but it's still you know, there's still multiple multiple chances for it to potentially happen. Yeah. Ugh. Uh by the way, I did not uh I, I meant to bring this up last week. I don't know why I didn't. Um we do have an update on the WWE when it comes to Vince McMahon uh, and his scandal that he's involved in.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. It's, let me just put it this way, Lou. It's bad. Uh, so basically there, there are five different law firms that are, Pursuing claim, that are pursuing claims on behalf of WWE investors, Eat. and it's uh, they they encouraged investors of investors that are involved with World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, any yes. any of them that have losses of a hundred thousand dollars or more to contact uh, certain law firms. So. This is to go along with that whole that whole uh you know hush money uh pact that he had with the uh with the woman that he was passing around uh you know passing around the uh uh the office mm-hmm. this gets even deeper because now uh you have five different law firms investigating you yeah. So this could potentially this could potentially uh, be very damaging to the WWE depending on what, depending on what happens. Yes. all right. Um, back to the NBA though. So uh, okay. let's see. some other some other notable things. Here's the thing too. The Golden State Warriors, they've lost a considerable amount of players that were, there, that were free agents. Uh, Otto, Porter, Otto Porter Jr., who started, the last, who started the last couple of games of the NBA finals, he signed a two-year deal with Toronto this pa- uh, just the other day. Ooh. A two-year deal with Toronto – Uh, which will – I mean, who knows where he lands on their depth chart because he's going to have to compete now with Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Thaddeus Young, O.G. Ananobi, Chris Boucher, uh, and Precious Achua for for playing time. Yes. So – I I mean I don't think it would Because here's the thing. Uh Golden State from my understanding is that Golden State has uh has been offering basically everybody the veteran minimum. Because that's all they can because they used they used the uh the tax the, the taxpayer uh exception, they used that on Kayvon Looney to sign him to a three year extension. Uh so in return, they lost Otto Porter Jr. and now they've also lost Gary Payton II as he signed a three-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal with the Portland Trail Blazers. Is that
3: the son and, of uh, the original
2: Gary Payton? Uh, yeah, yes, son. He is the I son thought... of NBA uh, of NBA legend Gary Payton. Yeah, that's uh, why I rang a bell. But, you know, here's the thing, though. Everybody was saying that Otto Porter Jr. and for Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II, that the Golden State Warriors would be the favorites to re-sign the both of them. And Golden State only offered the veteran minimum for both players. Not just that, they also lost uh Damian Lee, who was part of the rebuilding teams, uh also known as the uh the Clay Thompson list years, uh, with Golden State. Uh Damian Lee ended up going elsewhere. So there's you know, it, the Golden State's gonna look uh, they did sign Dante DiVincenzo, though to a two year deal. Uh but I Golden State's it. gonna look just Golden State's gonna look just a little bit different next year on their uh, on their bench. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> oh well, I, I think
1: uh that doesn't get hurt. I don't
3: think it's gonna be any significant damage.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, obviously if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt, things would have been, you know, they wouldn't have been in a oh, rebuild all those years. Uh, you know, the one thing, though, with, I mean, obviously, you know, they they've labeled Boston as the favorite, but mm-hmm. I don't see how you can't look at Golden State. And, yeah, they lost a couple of players, but, you know, they kept they kept their main rebounder off the bench in Kayvon Looney. Or actually, no, yep. he'll be a starter. What am I talking about? Uh, depending on what they decide to do with James uh, with James Wiseman, that is. They, they brought in Dante DiVincenzo. Letting Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton the second go, it kind of makes me think that maybe perhaps Moses Moody is going to have a bigger role. To play next year, with the type of shooter that 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 he's known for being, you know, it's enti- it's entirely possible that he could be, uh, you know, he could be a potential replacement for Gary Payton II, um, and maybe perhaps we'll see more minutes for Jonathan Kaminga. I guess now that uh, you know now that Otto Porter Jr. Uh, is going elsewhere. Uh, Oh, I did forget about this. Brooklyn, uh, before they even started on everything, they traded for Royce O'Neal of the Utah Jazz. And in exchange, they traded away their first-round pick for next year. So Brooklyn is not going to have a first-round pick for next year to go on top of to go on top of all of the other first-round picks, they're not going to have. Uh, but O'Neal, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much of a, uh, you know, exactly, exactly what kind of effect this is going to have on, on Brooklyn next year, O'Neal. I imagine trading away a first round pick for seven for a guy who averaged seven point four points per game, four point eight rebounds and two point five assists.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean that seems awfully foolish to do. Uh yeah. I just I <clears throat> you know, I c I, I can't really understand at this point what the what the Mets are doing. Uh nowadays with some of their with some of their moves that they uh that they attempt. Uh,
0: yeah. but,
2: you know, it did it did happen. Uh maybe the biggest shocker though, uh despite all the trades, was that James Harden declined his forty seven point four million dollar player option because he decided yeah. to actually be he decided to actually be a team player and give the team financial flexibility to try and bolster the roster, which with James Harden declining his option, this also gives them full use of the full $10.5 million exception that they ended up using on uh, P.J. Tucker. That right there shows... That James Harden is a much different player compared to Kyrie Irving. The fact that he put his own team first ahead of himself.
1: Huh.
2: So, I am just uh, you know what what are your thoughts on that, Lou? That James Harden decided. You know, decided to put a. Uh, you know, decided decided to put his team before himself and decline all of that money. Wow. Well,
3: I mean, to give him all that money, you know, to put this team first. I mean, you know, that's something you know that's something you don't see anymore. You know, I mean, with me, I don't think I would uh, give up all that money, but I think he did. I think he made you know a good gesture. He wasn't thinking to himself, which was most of the seem to do nowadays, you know, they say, oh, how are you going to make, you know, want to go where the most money is and whatnot. I mean, he's actually, you know, taking a step backwards and thinking about his teammates instead of just himself. <laughs> Maybe we should have more players like that.
0: Yeah. You
3: think
1: know, it really, it, it, it really,
2: it just really shows you, Lou, what could have, what could have been yeah. if, you had if you had somebody if if Kyrie acted like that with uh, you know, with Brooklyn you know, or you know. Kevin Durant you know, that right there just it shows that he actually wants to make it work with Philadelphia yeah. so it's yeah, it, it, it was very surprising, to say the least, though. Uh, some other bits of NBA news. First off, uh, Celtics top assistant Will Hardy uh, was offered the head coaching job of the Utah Jazz, and he has officially accepted it at the age of 34. Uh, he supposedly will be one of the youngest head coaches ever hired in the NBA. Uh, and he's also got quite the resume being under uh, the coaching trees of Greg Popovich, Brett Brown, Steve Kerr, and just recently Ime Udoka. So now uh, Utah has a, new, uh, has a new voice for their, uh, for their club. At the same time, uh, David Fisdale has also agreed to become an associate general manager with the Utah Jazz uh, after spending the last 18 years as a head coach or an assistant for multiple franchises. (coughs) So that's, uh, you know, Utah, they are definitely – it's they've they've put in work. I'll put it that way. This uh, this
0: yeah. in this uh,
2: free agent period so far. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was another thing here. Um, so part of the salary movement that the Knicks did. They also traded Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, along with two future second-round picks and cash to the Detroit Pistons in order to free up cap space to sign Jalen Bronson. Uh, it does not say, though, what they got in return for them. So... Regardless, it's you know the Knicks. They they had to do a lot, a lot of movement, in order to just free up all that cap space. You know what? Let's go. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Colorado actually did it. Yep. And they may uh, they may have actually set the record too for uh the shortest amount of time that a stanley cup has been uh, has been dented into, and you know i just i just gotta say Lou it's
0: yeah
2: you know colorado they it seemed like they they just finally put everything together. Uh, with the with that club, and it's weird because, you know, normally Andre Vasilevsky is very clutch in uh, elimination games, but you know, I guess I guess he just he finally ran out of gas. I mean, uh, yeah. what do you think? And, do you and think were, and they're playing, you
3: know they were playing on injury? You know, because you know even their star player uh, was hurt. And when that happens, when you get into that magnitude, you got every player healthy. If you have any chance of uh, of winning, and it, did, and it didn't happen, they were just looking like you know like a train wreck, and you know that's how they and that's how they lost. Tons of the avalanche, you know, right. too strong at all. They stronger, faster, uh, bigger, and you know that was another factor in too. So the chances were that uh, Tampa Bay wasn't going to win this at all. I mean, you know, they made a great effort going six games, which most people thought wasn't going to happen either. I mean, you know, I think most of us projected, you know, four or five, so they, um, you know, proved all the experts wrong. But still, you know, when it was all said and done, they really didn't have much of a chance uh, to beat the almighty avalanche.
2: Well, hang on one second. Uh, We do have a bit of breaking news here. Uh, oh. Something to keep an eye on. Apparently, Brooklyn may have found a suitor for Ben Simmons. Thank God. <laughs> and it comes in the form of the Utah Jazz, who acquired all of those draft picks. Aha! Uh-huh. now it's not really confirmed as of yet but it sounds like uh it's being discussed right now yeah. that they are trying to move Ben Simmons to the Jazz which would then sure. free it would free Brooklyn up it would free Brooklyn up to potentially acquire the likes of a Devin Booker or a uh, Bam Adebayo so, you know somebody to basically, uh, you know somebody you that's vote, on that rookie vote. max deal. So, somebody that's on that rookie max deal, basically. Because this is was, this will me, this I will free that up. Like Who would you take?
3: If it, between the two, and for that to me, I would take book over Bam Bam.
2: Well, obviously, I would definitely take Booker over Bam out of Bio, especially considering yeah, the that fact that Bam Adebayo Bam out of Bio has had a uh, has had a history of disappearing at certain times. Yes. But uh, the, the, you know, this is definitely a potential game changer in the Kevin Durant sweep space because and it all may, it, it may potentially signal uh them moving Utah moving on from Donovan Mitchell as well. Yes, yes. If they're going to acquire the likes of Ben Simmons with that massive contract. I mean, it's a it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I mean what are your what are your thoughts on this, Lou? You know Ben Simmons potentially to Utah uh where it seemed like you know this is this was what was going to potentially handicap the Nets uh with them having to hang on to Ben Simmons but now it looks like they may potentially have a uh, you know they may potentially have uh a suitor for Ben Simmons here.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
2: Right, I'm, just, I what, I'm just
3: surprised I right now. Oh. now. That would be a welcome relief. I mean, Because if we had to sell for a second-class banana like him, our season, would be, our season would be shot to hell. Right. I mean, Simmons is considered a
2: dumping ground.
3: Plants so why you carry
2: the know, it, kind this it kind of makes me wonder if maybe perhaps it might be a star for star swap. Maybe Brooklyn may potentially acquire Donovan Mitchell.
3: Ooh, I love it, I love it.
2: It's a possibility because the trade values are around the same. I like what I'm hearing. <coughs> around the league, that is uh but that you know that is obviously that is a situation that we will continue to monitor uh moving forward but back to the back to the Colorado avalanche though you know i talked about this previously yes i i almost really do think that uh, that playoff uh you know play a uh, playoff uh uh What's the word I'm looking for? Playoff fatigue kind of played a factor here. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Well, this time of year when you get to the final round, fatigue is going to up for one. especially, you know, when you dread, you had, you know, uh, two seven-game series, and then you played six against the Rangers, and you still won, and you're dirty, no good. Mm-hmm. So, basically, you know, they were, they were, as Jackson Brown would say, running on empty, and they were. So it's basically what happened. Avalanche had the rest. Of course, a lot of people think, well, they had eight days rest, and sometimes that could lead to rust. But it didn't. But that didn't happen. I mean, you know, they got they got what they needed. and they, of course, the offense di- uh, didn't let up, even when they lost a few games. But you know, they still heard the narrative That's how they were able to win it. They had all the ing- they had all the ingredients, and they were not burnt out.
2: I mean, just th- you know, just think about it. How many. Uh... You know, how many straight – three straight years of being in the Family Cup final, you know, it it has to take a toll on certain players. I mean, also the that, fact that they, they didn't play. have
0: Braden
2: – the fact they didn't have Braden Point, that didn't if help point, matters. Uh, if,
3: point would have, but, if Point would have been healthy, it might have been a whole different outlet. You know, they might have had a chance, maybe to, a, a slight chance to win. But without your start player like Point, no, not, not in the final.
2: That's what did it in. Yeah, no, you know, I maybe it may or may not have made a difference, but it's still, you know, Braden Point is still one of the top players on the on the uh, on the Lightning. No question. However, though, however, though, you know, the Lightning were being outscored the almost the entire uh, yes. the entire series, so. You know, it probably wouldn't have made as much of a difference.
3: No. As for I gain, you know, for I gain, three calls. <coughs> sorry, I still see six men on the ice. If, if yeah, the I didn't like it. LTS. Yeah, I still, I
2: still, I still say that there were six men. Uh, there were six men on the ice.
4: Uh, oh. that
2: one Colorado win.
3: Uh, we can argue that we can argue that till, till the end of the world, but uh, you know,
2: you know <laughs> but I won't go. I won't do that. You know, one one of the you know one of the things that I loved though is the fact that uh, Nazem Kadri took the time to th- to start to throw shots at uh, at the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs after his uh, after they ended up winning the uh, the cup basically he threw shots at Kyle Dubas, the uh the GM of the Maple Leafs, uh yeah. talking about how he about how he would never uh I guess Dubas made a couple of comments that really stuck out uh you know, about Nasam Kadri, about how Kadri was a was a was a failure basically and would never win a title. But yet yeah, Nazan Kadri we'll is a top champion now. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> so, you know, I just I just love it. I I I love the fact that he I took uh one, he, he took the opportunity to, you know, fire those shots at his former club. Yep.
3: Rebellion is the best
2: cold, as they say. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. There was a huge deal that actually went down, though, apart from the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, The Los Angeles Kings, they acquired uh, left-winger Kevin Fiala from the Minnesota Wilds in in exchange for the number 19 pick in this year's draft, as well as prospect Brock Faber. Uh, and he had a career year offensively with 33 goals and 85 points for the Minnesota wild Um, Fiala Fiala has also agreed to a contract extension uh, for seven years with an average annual value of 7.875 mil. So, I mean, the, the Kings were losing a little bit, a little bit of offense because I, I believe Dustin Brown uh, retired this year, so they, they end yeah. up basically getting that offense back in the ter- uh, with the work of Ke- you know with the addition of, uh, of Kevin Fiala. So yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge trade for a team that's looking to stay in playoff contention uh, as yeah. they made the playoffs this year. What do, what are your thoughts, Lou? On uh, on them going for a guy like Kevin Fiala, who just had a uh, career year. Yeah, I I
3: think he I think uh, right right where it is, you know. The, other things, it, it, the Kings have you know really taken a nosedive since they um won the Stanley Cup back in 2014. Uh, you know they, they I think they're gonna need someone like Fiala if they're gonna you know be able to uh, contend you know, in the next, uh, in, the, in
2: the coming years.
3: Because since then, the Kings have been on a nosedive.
2: Right. And he is still relatively yeah. young, too. He's only, he's only 25 years old. He'll be 26 next year. I wish I was so He's still, re- he's still, well, actually, wait a minute. No, he'll be 26 uh, on the 22nd of July. So, July. you know, he's still, he's basically entering his prime right now. Yeah, uh, which is, you know, if you're a team like L.A., if you're a team like L.A. who's looking to replace the scoring that you, lo- that you lost with Dustin Brown retiring, this is the way to do it.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, now, one other player, though, who everybody was wondering about his status was Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, He signed a three-year extension, which is worth about 6.65 mil per season. Uh, So, needless to say, he's going nowhere, and the trade rumors should probably end uh, when it comes to Brock Besser. He notched 23 goals and 23 assists in 71 games this year for the Vancouver Canucks. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And speaking of Vancouver... Uh, they are going to be well-represented in this year's Hockey Hall of Fame class. Uh, yes. Yeah. The Sedin brothers, Henrik be and boy. Daniel Sabine. Yeah, he- Henrik and Daniel Sabine, who are part of the uh, – they're actually part of the front office now in Vancouver. Uh, they are two of the nominees, along with Daniel Alfredson of Ottawa Senator fame. Uh Roberto Luongo, who is a longtime Vancouver Canuck, uh, along with Rika Salinen and Herb Carnegie will be will go in uh as part of the builder uh portion of the hockey hall of fame.
3: Isn't there a third Sabine that was involved in in the NHL?
2: A third Sabine? Yeah. Or are you thinking of sunbeam?
3: Okay, yeah, that might be it.
2: Yeah, you might be thinking of sunbeam because, as far as I know, I don't think there was a third stebeam.
3: Okay, okay, that's what that's what threw me off. Yeah, it sounds so similar too.
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, literally, the only thing yeah. that's different is one has an one has an e, the other has a un. Those are okay, literally. Yeah. That's literally the only difference.
3: Uh, those Europeans.
2: But you know, I will say, I will say this though: uh, as far as the Sadine twins go, it is, it is kind of a, a, a crime that they didn't win a Stanley Cup in their time with. Uh, yeah. In their time with Vancouver, you know, they're they're one of the, one of the few groups of players that when you look at players that should have won a cup, the Sabine brothers right. are two of the, are two of those players. I mean, just Did take me a look at some of their S- your Bruins. Yeah, I know if it wasn't, if it wasn't for them losing to my Bruins, the Bruins wouldn't, uh, they would still be searching for a cup since the, uh, well, actually it was a pretty long time, but, uh, since the Bruins had won a cup at the time, I think, uh, Since what the Neely years?
3: Um, In seventy two.
2: I forget. I forget when. uh, I think Neely was on the team at that time. Um, Let me look real quick. Okay, that was back with Phil Esposito. Uh, with Derek done. Sanderson, uh, Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr leaping into the air. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, yeah, I had no Cam Neely. Yeah, that was before. That was before Cam Neely, actually. Johnny Busek, yeah, yeah. Ken Hodge. Yeah, that was before. Uh, that was before Cam Neely. Yeah uh yeah so if it wasn't if it wasn't for the uh for the vancouver Canucks collapsing like they did
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah that would it would have been a very different uh a very different ending
0: yeah, to the family uh,
2: cup final yeah and it was at home too that's you know the weirdest thing is that it wasn't just at home it was a shutout too it was a four yeah. nothing shutout and vancouver That year, Vancouver was one of Vancouver was one of the hardest places to win on the road. But uh, you know, just looking at the Sadin twins though, and their Hall of Fame worthiness, Sadin finished his career one thousand three hundred and six games played, three hundred and ninety three goals, six hundred forty eight assists for one thousand and forty one points, and he was a career plus one forty-seven while on the ice, so pretty much the only thing he was missing was a Stanley Cup. Essentially, uh, his brother Hen- his brother Henrik Sabin, uh one thousand three hundred and thirty games played, two hundred and forty goals, eight hundred and thirty assists uh, for one thousand and seventy points and the thing is too both of them were playoff performers too yeah. in terms of production so yeah it definitely uh there was definitely a lot of uh a lot of style, a lot of talent between the Sedin brothers uh now the next daniel alfredson you know he for so many years, was considered to be the... And this is a team that had Jason Spezza, keep in mind. This is a, a team that had Jason Spezza and Daniel Alfredson on the same team. And Alfredson was basically an Ottawa senator all the way up until his final year where he became a member of the Red Wings. Uh, but to finish his career, 1,246 games played, 444 goals, 713 assists for 1,157 points. And he was a plus
0: 155.
2: I, needless to say, definitely Hall of Fame worthy numbers. Oh, absolutely. be crazy not to. Uh, going? Yeah. Now go you know going over to Roberto Luongo. Roberto Luongo uh obviously spent a majority of his career with the uh Vancouver Canucks. Uh yeah. he he actually had a few a few places, the Florida Panthers, Vancouver Canucks. Actually no, he went back to Florida. So technically right. I think he was with I think he was with Florida most of his career. Mm -hmm. Regardless, though, regardless, though, 1,044 games played. uh, He had a career record of 489 and 382, or, or, I mean, yeah, 489 and 392 uh, with 33, 33 ties and 91 overtime or shootout losses. And he had a career goals against average of 2.52, and a career save percentage of 91.9%. Needless to say, definite, you know, definitely uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame worthy stats for uh, wow. for uh, Roberto Luongo. are you surprised uh were you were are there any names that that were that were that surprised you that didn't make the uh the cut this year
3: No, I'm not really surprised. I mean that was not, I mean you put, I think they came with a good list
2: this year. say at least. Oh no.
3: yeah, it's,
2: no, it's definitely but a the, very the, worthy
3: game well, well deserved. Luongo, absolutely absolutely well deserved.
2: I'd be
1: surprised if
2: yeah, this they didn't is make it. Yeah. Uh, this is their first year of eligibility too, I believe.
3: That might be the only surprise, but I think when you're in those two good of a players, I think it's obvious that they would get them for first year, which is not easy to do.
0: Well yeah,
3: obviously, you know what's well, yeah, like, Gretzky, uh, Lemieux, all that of course, those are obvious choices. So maybe that was a surprise surprising they were able to do in their first year. I mean you gotta be especially good to do that.
2: Yeah, it's not e- it's not easy to do, uh, you know, especially in the sport of oh. hockey. The fact that there's, you know, there there's so many. So many big, big players. It's it, it, it's basically there. There's a lot to choose from essentially <laughs> but you know regardless though there's it's a very worthy uh a very worthy hall of fame class this year and i don't th- i don't think there's uh there's anybody that has any problem whatsoever uh with the uh Yeah. It, it it's it's, uh, it's definitely it's definitely a very good class. Um some other bits of news around the league. Uh the San Jose Sharks, they I don't know why it took them this long, but they fired head coach Bob Boner, uh which is you know, it's very odd considering the fact that most uh, most of all the uh available candidates have already been picked up. Um but they decided that basically it was the best interest in the club to allow the next Sharks general manager to have full full autonomy related to the makeup of the on-ice coaching staff moving ahead. Uh, they also let go of all of the assistant coaches, uh, John Madden, John McLean, and Dan Darrow. So yeah. basically San Jose has to replace their entire coaching staff. <coughs> Along with, uh, you know, finding a permanent general manager. By the way, uh, you know, I will say I am very surprised that Kale McCarr got picked for the Conn Smythe Trophy. Yeah, I am kind of surprised. I thought it would have gone to. Uh, I thought it would have gone to McKinnon. To either McKinnon or Landis oh, But uh, you know, he finished third overall in scoring with eight goals and twenty nine points. You know, believe it or not, the uh person who finished first was the uh uh what's it called, Connor McJesus, Connor McDavid. He finished in first, actually, in total uh in total points. Right. So, you know, it just (laughs) – I guess I'm kind of surprised because it's a defenseman. But the Ah. fact that he does have – he had eight goals and 21 assists during the playoffs this year, maybe I shouldn't be all that surprised because I guess he was the highest total uh, for – oh, yeah, he did pass McKinnon, actually. McKinnon had had 13 goals and 11 assists. Uh, but Kale McCarr beat him out by about five points. So, yeah, Kale McCarr got the Tom Smythe Trophy uh, for the playoff MVP. And I'm not
0: surprised. Uh, he, he
3: had he had a remarkable numbers, so I wasn't surprised at all.
2: And plus, plus, he also won Rookie of the Year this year, I believe, didn't he? Or was yeah. it the no? <coughs> or was it the Norris Trophy?
0: I think it no, was the
2: Norris. Nor- yeah, it was the Norris Trophy that he won. Yes. Um, not just that, but uh, you know what? What maybe even uh. You know, I think what's also impressive as well is the fact that I'm, try- I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, was it Valerie Natshushkin? I forget who it was, but one of the. Uh, one of the Colorado Avalanche actually played with a, uh, I think it was like a torn Achilles or something. Like he literally had play? to be carted after after the Stanley Cup celebration and everything. Once they got off the ice, he had to be carted to the uh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? To the locker room after this operation. Wow. I'm trying to hang on. I'm trying to find out who it was. Um, one thing I did I, I did notice that Gabriel Landeskog ended up breaking his skate when blocking one of the uh, one of the shot attempts. Yeah, I heard that. <coughs> and uh, literally, McKinnon had to push him the entire way to the. Uh, uh what's it called to the bench for him to yes. uh for him to be able to get off the ice 'cause he was unable to uh he was unable to skate off on his own power um, okay yeah died. it was it was Nichushkin. uh Valerie Nachushkin played with a nasty foot injury uh, yes. and it said he couldn't get his skate on without medical assistance. And once right. he had the skate on, it was a question of playing through the pain. Sometimes we do that. And I'm looking at the photo right now. He had a swollen black and blue foot. Uh. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Lou, it is nasty.
3: I don't think I want to watch.
2: No, no. I mean I saw you know it, you know what it looks like it looks it looks almost as if he took a puck without without the skate on he took a puck right to the foot Wow However from his Instagram uh he showed the x-rays he actually fractured his foot Yeah I imagine so so he was playing – who knows how long he was playing during this playoff with it, but, uh, yeah, he was playing throughout the Stanley Cup, at the very least, with a fractured foot. Well, you hit it
3: very well, that's for sure.
2: And I just
0: I, –
2: that just shows the toughness. Uh, and also the fact that uh, – what's his name? Nazem Kadri also played with a broken, uh, with a broken thumb.
3: Yeah. Broken thumb. You know,
2: I I thought uh, everybody everybody thought that uh Nazim Kadri would potentially miss the Stanley Cup final, but he he played um I think he played the entire final actually with the uh with the broken thumb. But actually it says here Nachushkin he fought, he, he fought through the injury and played nearly 23 minutes, which was the most for any forward on the avalanche for game six. I mean, that – I'm still looking at that foot right now. <coughs> that is absolutely nasty. I'm sure. Ooh. Oh, my God. Um, uh, some other bits of news Derek Lalonde has officially been named the new head coach of the Detroit Red Wings uh, after being part of the Tampa Bay Lightning for the last four years Uh, let's see yeah he spent the last four years as an assistant coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, it looks like he is ready to go for Detroit Meanwhile, Boston has officially announced Jim Montgomery, the former Dallas uh, Stars coach, as, a, as their new head coach, uh, the 29th in Boston's franchise history. Now, this is kind of weird because uh, Montgomery, who had been an assistant coach with the Blues for the last two seasons, he was originally fired by Dallas. Because of, I, I guess there was some sort of alcohol abuse or something. Uh, he ended up saying something, I guess, at the uh, holiday uh, party for the team. One of the in his in his final year with Dallas, and basically he essentially was forced to resign, essentially as the coach of the uh, of the Dallas Stars. Back then, but apparently he's gone through rehab uh, and the thing about Montgomery is they say that he is a player's coach so that's you know for a team that supposedly had confrontations with their former coach and Bruce Cassidy, Jim Montgomery is the guy that you he's the one guy that you want to re- that you want to have replace uh Bruce cassidy. <laughs> so that was a huge, uh, a huge win for the Boston Bruins. And uh, there's a rumor that apparently David Krejci may potentially return next year officially to the Boston Bruins. So they may potentially have their second-line center. Uh elsewhere in the league, for the New York Islanders, Zevano Chara is not ready yet to make a decision on his NHL future, and he plans to wait until September, according to his agent, Matt Keeter. Uh, said he's going to take the summer with his family to assess where he's at physically, where his family's at, and then make a decision in September. Uh, so basically – you know he's not going to really have much uh, have much time to get ready for the season then if he's going to make a decision in September. But uh, this year in 72 games for the Islanders he posted two goals and 14 points, uh, along with 90 blocked shots, and was still very physical 125 hits and 85 penalty minutes. <laughs> Uh, one of the big winners, though, of this uh, playoff was Nick Paul, the fourth-line uh, fourth player for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He officially signed a seven-year, $22 million contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, which is a significant raise over his two-year, $2.7 million deal. Uh, but he had 16 goals and 16 assists in 80 games for the Lightning this year, along with five goals and four assists in 23 playoff games, despite playing through an MCL sprain, as well as a shoulder AC joint sprain. So uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning lock up one of their young players uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Also, Anthony Duclair apparently injured his Achilles tendon during off-season training, Uh, so he is expected to undergo surgery and sounds like he will be sidelined for an extended period of time. Who knows if he will be ready for the start of the next season for the Florida Panthers. Uh, This year, he posted career highs with 31 goals and 58 points in 74 games. So that could be a potentially big loss for Florida, depending on how long uh, he has to miss. Uh, Oh, you know what, Lou? You know what we should talk about? Uh, There are some rumors that are floating around college uh, sports. In particular... Uh, It looks like it looks like that uh, it looks like that alliance between uh, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 and I forget what the other uh, what the other uh, uh, conference was uh, that basically they tried to band together in order to get rid of the in order to take on the SEC. Well, apparently that alliance is dead. That alliance is dead now because uh, USC and UCLA are planning to head to the Big Ten as early as 2024. Dumb. It doesn't really make sense when you consider no. the uh, when you consider where all of the teams are situated within the uh, within the Big Ten and the Pac-12. USC, USC, is, and UCLA. You really
3: know? USC know about playing in, you know, three thousand miles away, playing up against like Penn State, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. Right? They don't. They don't play those teams. That even they don't play them very often. Once every like three or four years, and they got to travel all those miles. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Not to mention a geographical stupid. Uh, you know, being a stupid geographical
2: imbecile to get with. I mean, this is
3: just completely exactly
2: you know, that's the thing I was going to say is the fact that uh, th- uh, literally USC and UCLA are the only two teams on the western part of the United States in that, yeah. in that conference, assuming they officially go through with the move. And apparently the major topic of discussion here was the Big Ten's media rights. That's why uh. USC and UCLA are moving from the Pac-12. I'll start for you in one word, Steve, and I think you know what the world's going to say. Dumbass. Thank you. Now, it sounds like, though, this is the beginning of a larger story, though, because uh-huh. chatter, chatter has emerged about this potentially trending into two mega conferences with the Big Ten being on Fox and the SEC being on ESPN. So it sounds yeah. like the Big Ten is trying it sounds like the Big Ten is trying to pursue a super conference with this right. move. Which I don't know. I mean they can try to compete with the SEC all they want, but the SEC is the SEC. Yeah, and you don't,
3: mess with
2: <coughs> you don't mess with the SEC and not just yeah. that, the rumor the rumor is The SEC is going to be adding three new teams in the near future, that being Mm -hmm. Clemson, Florida State, and Miami.
3: Yeah. Miami
2: Hurricanes, that is. You
3: go from Big East to ACC to this.
2: What's next? I mean, it's, you know, uh, I think it's a bad move for Clemson, first of all, because, yeah. Clemson, they have an easy schedule compared to the SEC.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You go to the SEC, that that schedule. All of a I mean, the SEC, they may have teams that have low records, but I, I mean, I, I hate to tell you this, but I think Vanderbilt would probably be a better, uh, would be a, a bigger challenge for Clemson compared to some of the other teams that they face.
3: Vanderbilt is a joke.
2: That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah.
2: And Vanderbilt is a joke. So, but the thing is with the SEC, they literally just added Texas and Oklahoma. And now you're looking at them potentially bringing in Clemson, Florida state and the Miami hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it really looks like at this point it's gonna be a battle of two different conferences, uh the Big Ten and exactly. the SEC at this point. Yes. It's almost like monopolizing the uh the entire media industry fighting. basically for college for college uh sports. It is. Not to mention however it is <laughs> Yeah. Now, it, it, however, though it is not known if this is just for football or if it's for basketball as well, I think it's um, I think it's for all both. I think it's for all the major sports. Oh, is it? it it's for all of the major sports.
3: You know, first I thought it was just, I thought it was going to be basketball, then I thought it was going to be football. I thought they were talking about maybe in the basketball situation, but apparently, I think it's going to be moving to all all the sports, not just not just football.
2: Oh Jesus! If that's the case, then, the, you know, yeah, I, we'll you I'll over? say, I'll say, I'll say this: uh, uh, CBS is really going to hate losing the SEC uh, oh, yeah. if this is the case, because there's yeah, girl. I mean, they honestly, if I'm looking at the two at the two uh, the two matchups, I'm. I'm probably you know I'm probably taking SEC over the Big Ten. So
1: yeah, and
2: hey, what I mean they all. One of have our a... favorite.
3: Huh. Jumping on our favorite on on, on the on, on the field reporters network for uh, the SEC on CBS.
2: Well, now they're on ESPN. They're going to be on ESPN. Yeah, well,
3: you know, we're losing, our, we're losing our girl, man.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh... You know that's why I I kind of feel bad for the for CBS because you know yeah. they the S C the SEC was basically a huge money maker when they don't have the NFL, uh, you know when they don't have the NFL playing.
0: Thinking, so
3: well, now. Go. No, uh, for a while, Well, no, it goes. Uh, well, the NBA TV contracts up. Haven't gone to the NBA.
2: They could. They could, but the problem is the NBA is mainly partnered with TNT, though.
3: They were part with TNT. We were NBC as well. Yeah. I don't well, think, well, think I mean, the well, thing is, is I don't well, think. Well, does TNT and T- well wait, because TNT and CBS share the NCAA? So why not? I think it should work. They work well in college. Why can't they work it well in the pros too?
2: The problem is, though, is that CBS and NBC are rival uh, are rival uh, companies networks. in terms of in terms of networks. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. But you know, when the contract I mean, is up, I, I mean, they might be looking. They might be looking to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, possibly. It's a thought. Now we do. It is a thought, yeah. Now we yeah, do have crazy. a bit of. We do have a bit of controversy in in Major League Baseball. I don't know if you've heard of this, Lou. Again. Uh, but it involves Freddie Freeman, and yeah. why he fired his agent Casey Close. That's what I'm trying to figure so, out. I mean, he helps
3: with negotiations, and all of a
2: sudden, you want to fire him? Well, uh, apparently it was revealed last week when he when he uh, went back to Atlanta with the Dodgers. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It turns out, apparently, uh, his his former agent had received a final offer from the Atlanta Braves, which was basically oh, yeah, the right. same. It was basically the same dollar amount as the Dodgers, but with one less year. Right. And according to according to uh, to what's been passed around out there, he yes. would have taken the offer. He would have taken the offer and to return to Atlanta. Yeah. And needless to say, he he literally just found out about it this past week, which is why he immediately fired his agent. I you. Because he said it was it was literally one of the hardest things for him to do was leave Atlanta. I know, and you know the big thing was that he never received a final offer from Atlanta because he believed that Atlanta never gave a final offer when in fact they did, but he never received it. now, there's there's a possibility that his agent might potentially be looked into here, Lou. Mm-hmm. His agent may potentially be looked into uh, for, um, I don't know if they could look into him for fraud. I don't know what this would fall under. Um, well, what else is there?
3: but, but uh, i mean
2: you know he basically he basically screwed him for his own benefit you know the agent yeah. gets a higher kick the agent gets a higher kickback if his client right. signs for one more year you got taken so i mean it's entirely possible that uh you know he could potentially maybe sue his former agent possibly For it, I think he has all the right to sue you. Got cheated, man. Definitely, so yeah, yeah, he definitely does fight for what fight for what's yours, especially, especially considering all of the, um, you know, all of the emotions that he showed in his return. You know, he clearly never wanted to leave, but it almost—it was being painted as if Atlanta basically forced him to.
3: Yeah, because I knew I knew Freeman didn't want to leave. I mean, you know, even though that it was probably going to happen, I knew he didn't want to leave. I mean, because you know, he brought Atlanta back, you know, back to glory uh, last season, even though they didn't start. Um, you know, 14 until August, and then to have him leave and go out west, which, you know, because in the beginning of the season, I think they were really missing Freeman because it, the Atlanta was really struggling. But then they went on a 14-game winning streak, and, you know, they were like, ah, forget Freeman. And what was, you know, Atlanta's loss came to be the Dodgers game. But now the Dodgers, of course, are in a battle with the Padres, and maybe even the Giants. So that's going to be, a, you know, interesting as we move along in the summer. But Atlanta, you know, is now a There and now they're only two and a half games out of first
2: because the Mets lost. Yep, and you know it's a it's a bad thing for the for the uh, for the Mets too because, uh, well, good news is they're getting uh, Scherzer back. The bad news is Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett went down,
0: Uh
2: so they basically just traded one starter for another.
3: Yeah, I mean, we don't know officially when DeGrom is coming back. It might – I mean, he's going to go for rehab starts. I think he might be back just before uh, the all-star or or maybe uh, after it comes. But, uh, you know, the thing is, though, with DeGrom, he's been out a year. So, I don't know if it's going kind to, of, you know, how it's going kind to, of, you know, factor in with his performance. I mean, because you might, you might lose after being out for quite a while. So, that's Possibly. not necessarily. That. Possibly. Well, yeah. Well, I, I know a lot of Mets fans you know so uh you know I was, yeah you know it happened that we're on my show <laughs> yeah.
2: so. well you know though it's it's weird because uh it sounds like uh he may not be a met for much longer past this season because from what it sounds like it sounds uh-huh. like Atlanta it looks like Atlanta may try to pry him away from New York
3: Okay, going to your division rival. Oh, boy.
2: So that could be very interesting, depending on how this Mets season finishes out. So if I were the Mets, I would I would uh, very much hope that I can stay in the playoff picture and convince Degrom to stay here.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to stay in the playoff picture unless they have a total. Collapsed in the second half of the season. I mean, you know, but still, I mean, they were up what uh, nine games I think like six weeks ago, and now they have a three and a half game lead. I mean, yeah, injuries I think are starting to pile up, and we just have to see what happens. Uh, you know, when the when the comes back, whenever he does, and when Scherzer comes back this week. You know, because right now the Mets are re- the Mets are really struggling. They they got uh, swept in the last series at home. Uh, they lost tonight, so uh, you know. Mm, Signs are beginning to show that they're uh, losing their grip.
2: Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, they're only two and a half games ahead, <laughs> yeah. right now. So, uh, and you know, Philadelphia is not out of it either. Yeah. I mean, they're seven and a half. They're seven and a half back, but they're only two and a half back of the wild card.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, um, in what's considered a major uh, a major series against St. Louis this uh, this weekend yeah. with uh, both Philly and St. Louis having split the series so far one game apiece uh, but i mean the Mets you know they've yeah. they've also split their series as well one game apiece yes
0: yeah.
2: it's entirely possible that by the time we talk next week Atlanta could potentially be on top of the East.
3: I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Philly. Uh, well, seven and a half is doable, but it's kind. Of, it's kind of tricky, though. You know, that's a little bit uh, far back. You know, uh, between that that kind of a division, it's possible, but they're going to need a lot of help. You know.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, they definitely will. They, they uh, I
3: mean, they did find, you know, before. Um, because before um, they fired Girardi, I mean, they were they were in the doghouse. I mean, they they didn't enjoy his life at all. They didn't have a pulse. But you know, when Girardi got the axe, they started doing better.
2: But, yeah, because you know, they started like, playing. They come
3: back from seven strokes from a, from a golf championship, and uh, you can't make that up. You know, uh, just like that. That's gonna take. That's going you know, take a lot more moves on on their part. So we have to think it that way. I'm not gonna about Philly just yet, but uh if you're gonna make a move, you better do it right now buster
2: right and and yeah. you know the only reason why they the only reason why they made that comeback is because they they started playing their younger players, so right you know that that plays a huge Very role, move. obviously, but that's part of the reason why he got uh why Girardi got fired,
3: yeah. Who'd have thought? But, uh, though? After he got, got better, who'd have
2: thought? Exactly. But uh, you know what? That is gonna that is gonna do it a little bit for us tonight. Um, I'm kind of pretty much at the end of my uh, of my list here. Uh, so but we will be back next. Uh, we will be back next Saturday oh, hang night on. I got, I got one for you. I got one for you. Okay.
3: Uh, we didn't discuss well, I don't know how big a UFO is, but what about the College World Series
2: that we just uh, wrapped up? Oh yes. I uh, you know, I, yeah. I I completely for I completely forgot about the College World Series because um Yeah, Ole Miss who ultimately ended up eliminating uh the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh yeah, they I do know they they swept Colorado, or not Colorado, Oklahoma, I believe, right? Oklahoma. Yep. They were yeah, the, they, ended they were up
3: the last four to, to get in and they survived.
2: I mean, you wanna talk you want you wanna talk about uh about unlikely. You know, anybody yeah. that uh that anybody that put down a bet on Ole Miss at the beginning of the uh tournament probably <laughs> You know, probably yeah. made out like a like a bandit in terms of uh, I don't know what the odds were actually.
3: Mm. I don't know what the that uh, Nobody really pays attention to the odds in college baseball, especially in this part of the country. I mean, we got of put that on the back burner. You know, that's that's more like you know in the, the south and the, and the west. Uh, you know, that's probably over there. Here, it barely is a flip on the radar. So uh, I don't know what the uh, oddworn on that, but I wouldn't be surprised that they uh you know, got better odds for next year.
2: Uh, possibly. I mean it depends. You know, they finished off the season thirty two and twenty two this year. Um,
3: not bad. I
2: think it depends. I think it I think it depends on who they may potentially lose to the draft. Um you know, what kind of recruits they have coming in for next year. Uh, but looking at – let's see. They got through Arizona. They got through yeah. Miami. Uh, then they got through Arizona again, 4-3. And then they, uh, they became the regional champion. Right. Which then going to the College World Series – wait a mm-hmm. minute. Hang on. No, then they had the Super Regionals where yes. wait a minute where's the other part of the bracket uh they ended up facing off against southern missouri i think or is that yes yeah southern missouri they ended up yes. sweeping southern missouri to get in um that became southern. <laughs> yep and then they ultimately advanced out of bracket two out of Stanford, Auburn, Arkansas, and themselves. They ended up advancing out of bracket two by winning over Arkansas. Um, Wait a minute, did they lose a single game at all? I think they did. Besides Arkansas. Besides Arkansas, did they lose a single game?
3: Um, That's what I think, but no, I don't think, other than Arkansas, I don't think they did lose a single game.
0: Okay, so it must
2: have been, yeah, Arkansas must have been their only loss then. Yes. Um, And they faced off against Oklahoma, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: who – let me try to find them. Oklahoma, they had – they were in the Gainesville bracket uh, against Florida, Liberty, and Central Michigan. Yes. They eliminated Virginia Tech – in the super regionals to then get in and they eliminated or they survived past Texas A&M, Texas, and Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, that wasn't really much of a challenge, though, uh, as far as Notre Dame went. So, you know what? I I guess I'm not really that surprised that Ole Miss ended up winning because Really? Honestly, bracket, bracket two was probably more of a challenge okay. compared to... Because here's the thing. Arkansas wasn't ranked this year. No. But yet, but yet they're, they're considered to be one of the better college teams. How do you
3: become one of the better college teams being, without being ranked?
2: I think it's because of the timing of their losses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This year, I think it's, okay, it's okay. because of the timing. Uh, they they started off very uh, <clears throat> they started off basically on the right foot, but then for some reason something happened where, uh, oh. like they started they started going away from playing Arkansas baseball, basically, oh. and they were a complete you know they were a completely different team like a right. team they they looked they looked like a team that shouldn't even make the college world series. Uh, so but
1: then they,
2: they but then they turned it around right at the very end, uh punched their ticket into the regionals. And basically that's uh, cuz I mean they were in the Stillwater regionals and looking at the teams they had to face, I mean Grand Canyon, Missouri State, that's uh, really their only toughest challenge there was oklahoma state which uh, they had that ass hat that basically uh uh celebrated after uh after he hit a uh, a huge homer as part of a complete onslaught uh that oklahoma state uh had put on them at one point
1: great so good the uh,
3: their college athletics. Huh. Does Grant Canyon have anything good in there with, like, programs? I mean, because they're, they're crappy. Ba- well, they're halfway decent in basketball, but you really don't hear much about them because, you know, they're, they're like, you know, minuscule compared to other, like, um, other schools. I mean, I just only found out about, you know, Grant Canyon, you know, about a few years ago. I didn't even know they
2: had an athletic program. I, I, you know, I haven't heard of them at all. Like, literally, Okay. Just seeing them in baseball. Seeing them in baseball is the first time I've actually heard of them.
3: Oh, you didn't hear about them in basketball? I mean, they're I mean they're they're crappy in basketball for sure. But then again, when you I play in those no. you know, when you play in those kind of conferences that you know that nobody really pays attention to because they're like, uh, like no name like uh, small name conferences and whatnot.
1: You, you don't get a
3: lot of attention, but now you. I mean, they did make a little bit of noise in the college tournaments the past couple of years, not much, but uh, they did get you know a little bit of noise. So, and I don't, I don't know if they have a football team or not, but I'm sure they're nowhere near as competitive as in as in basketball or even baseball, for that matter.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the teams that everybody beat. Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, a- Arizona was unranked they beat the 6th ranked Miami and then they beat Arizona again they beat Arizona again who of course was unranked Arkansas right. when they beat Arkansas Arkansas was a team that already beat 7th ranked Oklahoma State wow um, they beat what a minute hang on they beat 7th ranked Oklahoma State they beat 2nd ranked Stanford yeah. Or wait a minute, no, wait a minute, hang on, no, I've got, let me see, no, yeah, they did beat second-ranked Stanford, they 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 squashed them actually, seventeen to two, yeah, and then That's Ole Miss two. beat Ole Miss beat Auburn, who was fourteenth ranked, then they beat Arkansas, thirteen to five. Uh Arkansas then beat Auburn eleven to one in the elimination right. bracket. Uh then Olmis lost very slightly three to two to Arkansas and then Olmis shut out Arkansas in that final game to advance to the uh to the College World Series. Yeah. Uh, or to the College World Series final, I should say. Um mm-hmm. Ole Miss then beat Oklahoma 10 to 3 in the first matchup and then they were down i think it was two nothing or 2 to 1 uh in yes. game 2 and they and they came back and i think it was like the 7th or 8th inning or something they came back and ended up uh-huh. defeating Oklahoma 4 to 2 to take the to take the uh the series right <laughs> So need you know, needless to say, I, I mean, I would say probably you know, Ole Miss they did for being the last team to officially make it in, they did have a tough road, but honestly, you know I mean, they beat a team that had a tougher road to make it to the uh to make it to the college world series. Uh
3: I'll give me that.
2: Uh to make it to the College World Series brackets in Arkansas, because Arkansas had to get through Stanford, they had to get through, uh, they had to get through Oklahoma State, they had to get through a couple of other teams as well. They, and actually, Oklahoma. I'm looking at Oklahoma right now. They beat Texas A&M, who was fifth ranked. Then they beat Notre Dame. And then they beat Texas A&M again. Uh, This time it was a little bit less of a, a a little bit lower of a scoring game. So, you know, it's, I I guess I should say it's pretty impressive the fact that even though these were two unranked teams that were in the College World Series finals, uh, Ole Miss probably the more impressive of the two of the uh the two uh teams when it comes to who they beat to get to the uh to the college world series final so you know regardless though i mean i would be very surprised if Ole Miss makes it back there again, mm. I would be very, very surprised because I think we all would. You know, every year it's something different. You know, yeah. the uh, the roster the roster is going to be completely different every year. Um all right. <laughs> So you never know. Uh, we do actually have a bit of an interesting bit of news. Uh, Donald Cowboy wow. Cerrone has officially retired from the sport of mixed martial arts.
3: Smart move.
2: With a 36-17 and 17 record with two no contests after losing wow. tonight by guillotine choke to Jim Miller.
4: He
2: officially took off... He took he took off his gloves and uh, officially laid them on the mat, uh, announcing his retirement.
3: Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I know NFL players, former NFL players are looking for something after their careers, but going from NFL to you know UFC or MMA or whatever. I mean, I I don't think that's a smart move. You took a beating in the NFL, you want to go take another beating in a sport that's even you know. Uh,
2: like ten times more contact than, than football, I I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just you know. With uh, with Greg Hardy as an example, he went from yeah, the NFL yeah, cool. to he went from the NFL to the UFC, and yes. or not straight to the UFC. He well, actually, no, he did go straight to the UFC. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, he. It would be different if if it wasn't a heavyweight. The the thing is with heavyweight fighters, yes, you can basically as long as you have power in your punches, you can you can pretty much stand up against any other fighter.
3: I mean, if you looking at you know whooping, I mean, be my guest. But still,
2: yeah, I mean, Greg Hardy, you know, he had power in his punches. The problem is he. Was very poor with his accuracy, with his uh, with his punch location, sure. for sure. And that's partially why he ultimately ended up leaving the UFC. Um, you know, Donald Cerrone though. Donald Cerrone though, uh, this is a guy who basically got picked up by the UFC after they bought out the WEC where he was a, uh, you know, he was one of the uh, longtime contenders down there in the WEC. He ends up coming up to the UFC as part of the acquisition. Um, And for the most part, he was probably one of the more electric fighters of recent years uh, Uh to have fought in the UFC. Problem is, he ends his career on a seven-fight winless streak.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: originally, one of the the no contest was originally a majority draw, but it was overturned after his opponent tested positive for marijuana. So okay. that ended up becoming a no contest. Uh, right. But marijuana. I mean at the, you know at this point it's like you 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 keep getting finished in because like out of the out of the out of the six fights that he lost uh the last six fights that he lost about only one of them was by decision. So I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep getting finished like you are, you know, he basically did Dana White a favor in not trying to convince Dana White to convince him to retire. He, right, basically retired on his own at the age. What I mean, at the age of thirty nine, you know, it makes sense because even though he's a he's a uh, welterweight, I mean, at some point, yes, the sport the sport starts to slow down for you. and. Well,
3: not just that, but you, but you, you know, with your athletic ability too, slows down.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's okay. what I'm saying is, you know, your, your body slows down, your, you know, your reaction time isn't the same. Uh, you know, the sport in general basically slows down for you. So, and not in a good way. Um, so basically, I mean, you could, he could have been like BJ Penn and continued to fight until, and he could have continued to fight until Dana White basically had to force him to retire or he could do what he did tonight and basically say that he was announcing his retirement. Like he
0: did. I have a
3: smart thing that, um, uh, one of the all-time wrestlers from the uh, 1980s, you know, wants to wants to fight again at the age of 72. Like, uh, no, you gotta be nuts to you go know, fight back in the ring at your
2: age. Oh my God, yeah, you're talking about Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah. Dumb. You know, I. 72. I do you do not understand. Not ju- not just that, but not only is he 72, he has a fucking pacemaker. Do you know how? You
3: do you know how dangerous? In the ring.
2: Do you know how dangerous this is going to potentially be? I mean, he's consi- he's calling oh, it his yeah. last match. He could potentially die in that ring.
3: That's what I'm saying. If you want to commit suicide in the ring, which is like what you're doing. Ugh.
2: He could potentially die in that ring if something if 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 one thing happens, you know, one wrong. Uh, if yeah. one chop in the wrong location happens, you know he could he could basically drop dead right in the middle of the ring.
3: Yeah, well maybe well, over time, was dead to a sentence, like call it off, which would be the smart thing to do.
2: Well, he enters the ring for the last time on at the end of July here, July th- July thirty first. To answer birthday. So I I mean the the card from what it looks like the the card that he's going to be on uh what they're yeah. dubbing uh they're dubbing it as Rick Flair's final match uh yeah. I mean it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty stacked because uh I'm seeing a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of name wrestlers from Impact Wrestling. I know they got uh some people from New Japan Pro Wrestling that are coming in uh, which, by the way, New Japan Pro Wrestling, their event that they had Forbidden Door with AEW was absolutely fantastic last week. Um oh, yes. Yeah, it's. It, it, I'll, I'll put it this way, you know, uh, being a fan of the WWE for so many years, uh,
0: yeah.
2: getting to getting to see a Japanese style of wrestling, it is so much different, you know. Uh, a lot of people wonder, you know, are people going to like a J- the Japanese style of wrestling? And it, it just lo- it just looked so. Yeah. It looked so much better than some of the matches that you see going going on uh, in the WWE. Yeah,
3: well, I guess uh, just like the song says, back in the eighties. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so. Okay, oh
2: boy.
0: Yeah. So, by the way, ages, uh, I've heard...
2: I, I've, he- I've heard Ric Flair's opponent may be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, by the way. Okay, now you're dead. So Ricky, nice knowing you. So, yeah, uh, it... uh Another option was going to be Matt Cardona. Another option was going to be Matt Cardona was going to defend his NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Flair. I guess it would be in a way for Flair to retire with one more title, uh with one yeah. more NWA title under his belt, but uh he ultimately got injured after that and uh he had to he was forced to forfeit his title. So uh that won't be his opponent. Um but you know who know who knows his opponent is still to be announced at this point? ruck. but anyways, uh that is we got about only two minutes left uh, on tonight's show. so uh, I want to thank uh, Lou obviously for uh, for joining me as always. Thank you to Kyle for calling in tonight, Good and time. thank you to Alex for stopping by as well. Uh, we will be back next week for another edition of sports whispers weekly. And as a reminder, uh, everybody stay tuned for the big brother, uh, recap podcasts are going to be starting soon with the cast expected to be announced this week. Uh, we will probably have a cast assessment combined with a recap show this week, uh, probably on Friday night, depending on what Jim has planned. Um, We will probably have an interview podcast as well uh, at some point this week. So those who are wondering, keep an eye on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we will get that information to you guys when we have it. So uh, until then, everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night for another edition of Sports
4: Whispers Weekly.
3: And happy fourth to you all.